first time in 2022. As always, by Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. I mean, wow. is it really the first time? Well, it's the first time that we've recorded the podcast. We did a QA episode, we've done some um, stuff in person, but it's the first episode of the podcast of 2022. I guess like the proper podcast, yeah. And something I did um, while I was like doing a scroll, like do your daily scroll and you come across like mm. a podcast, and I realised that, do podcasters do that? Are they, a lot of them, they do that thing where they go really close to the microphone and they, and they talk like this, so you know that um, uh, they're being really careful with their voices and stuff. And I just really freaks me out, I don't like it. <laughs> it sounds like someone's too close to your ear. Oh, fair enough, yeah. And you listen to a lot of podcasts, don't you? So um, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Because I've seen like people recording and they have like the microphone like two inches away from their mouth and then you listen to it. It's like, this is, I don't like this. It's like someone whispering in my ear. I always thought of podcasts was like listening to the radio or something. It's like, you know, it's a conversation that you happen to be overhearing, not someone mm-hmm. directly just coming up and being like, so do you want to talk about Marvel movies today? No, I don't. It does feel really creepy when you do that when I've got my headphones on. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Keep out my personal space. Yeah, I can't say that any of the podcasts I listen to have notably done that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of just, yeah, got got it, you know, a couple of feet away from them. Okay, because I just always like, I want to say I saw footage on Reddit or something like that, so I'm recording. You know, when your phone starts automatically playing, I was like, oh, I don't like that at all. It's like, yeah, stay out of my that's audio a weird space. One. Uh, but no, how you been? Because it's uh, we never had a chance to uh, catch up on the podcast, and I know like you treat Christmas and the holiday period more just as like I don't want to work, so I understand if you don't want to like t- say what you've done. Yeah, like I won't go into details, but it was nice. Mm-hmm. I'd like a good amount of time off, and other than just streaming, just got to enjoy, like you know, occasionally seeing friends and family, mainly doing it online because of the you know the whole way the world is, but. Um, yeah, it, it was just some nice time off. Yeah, and mine was largely the same. For people who perhaps just listen to the um, regular podcast and just skew listening to the um, QA episodes, I will repeat a story that I think is just emblematic of the life of a content creator, which was we didn't do um, like episodes of the podcast for a couple of weeks. No, just, we didn't, know. Just randomly, um, I got a message from someone about, oh, hey, is there a reason that you haven't uploaded an episode of the podcast today? Mm-hmm. And I responded to them with a picture of the date, which was December 24. Yeah, that's a... It, it should explain it all, shouldn't it? Yeah. And that's just one of those things that I think it's it's so perfectly encapsulates the thing, because I think the guy just stopped messaging me back. Mm-hmm. But he clearly saw the message. It said "seen" and then no response. So he was probably quite embarrassed that like, it never occurred to him that oh, maybe you want to take the day off because it's Christmas tomorrow. And like, it is, it is a weird thing, isn't it? Because yeah, we didn't officially announce that we were like stopping recording for a couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. the same time, we were talking about like building up to taking time off for Christmas. We did, and, and we just spring I... on people out of nowhere, being like, "Ha ha." Well, it wasn't really a planned thing. It was just kind of like, oh, we ended up not recording another one, so we didn't officially announce anything on the last podcast. But Yeah, we were just busy and then just decided, like, well, let's just that's fine. take the rest of the year off. And it's just weird to me that people would hear us talking about, yeah, I'm planning on now taking some time off soon. And mm-hmm. then it's like, it's weird that there hasn't been a podcast for a couple of weeks. I might yeah. message them to make sure that it's still happening. It's like, and presumably just they take that so. one step. Yeah. Presumably they did so as well, either in their house, like their, like their childhood home. I'm not sure how old the person was, but I'm assuming they're visiting family or in their house, which was 
presumably covered in Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. on their day off, while they were planning on what to do the next day, because uh, presumably they wanted to listen to the podcast, you know, they had some time off. It's like, oh, I like to listen to the podcast on my time off. And thought to themselves, it'd be really nice on my day off for Christmas if I could, like, you know, just listen to that. And never put two and two together that I'd want to take time off from my job. It's a weird thing because I was literally on the other side of this as well because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I maybe have, like, 30 different podcasts that I subscribe to and listen to on a regular basis. Yeah. And... By subscribe, I just mean follow. I don't pay for them or anything. But um, yeah, you are like all in on that podcast life. Like me and you are very different in this regard. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I just kind of went, oh, yeah, my podcast feed is completely empty this week because it's Christmas. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> you think time to like listen to be... some music or something instead? And it's just one of those things that like, you'd think it would um, just occur naturally to people because it's. Mm-hmm. Um, the same energy as people who get annoyed when restaurants are shut on bank holidays. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, it's a bank holiday, so you get the day off, and they'll go to a shop or something, and the shop shuts early. And it's like, yeah, because it's their day off too. Mm-hmm. But it never seems to occur to people. It's like, oh, uh, so I guess uh, that's just emblematic of um, the service industry and entertainment being seen as um, uh, having crossover in some way. I mean, I still think that my best one was working on a closed restaurant where, like, we've ripped all of the the restaurant apart to, to, you know, clean it all out and stuff. And there were people knocking on the door like, you open. Yeah, Uh, there has never been a more real moment in any TV show than the one in Spongebob where Squidward is stood at the door with the closed sign and the lights off and the guy knocks and says, are you open? Squidward points to the sign and says, no. And the guy just stops for a second and says, I'll take a double Krabby Patty and fries. <laughs> it's the most real it has ever been. It's like, because every person who's worked in a restaurant or retail can empathize with that exact moment of just, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like every other podcast at this point on average, I've probably mentioned a different story of like, Somebody not getting the point when I've been working in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say mentioned in the Christmas thing that everyone had the same thing of people over Christmas being like, oh, where's your content? Probably did, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things, I imagine it happens a lot to other people, but as we talked about before, no one really wants to mention it mm-hmm. because it's that thing of um, like so many creators are like um, rightfully kind of paranoid about pissing off their audience. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Because um, I'm not too fussed about talking about what I did over Christmas. You know, it's my own time, and it was largely just spent relaxing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, um, like, you know, I want to keep some stuff to myself. So let's move swiftly on to something that happened to me, I, I think, like, the first day of the new year. Oh, okay. So the first day of the new year, like, you know, and I think this um, sums up why a lot of creators um, perhaps don't want to rock the boat mm-hmm. um, in regards to upsetting their audience or doing something that could potentially upset their audience. Because have you seen the ongoing saga I've been chronicling every day or so. Uh, is this the person that won't stop screaming at people on Twitter? Yes. Uh, yeah. Which, it, admittedly, is not really uh, very descriptive, considering that's like a, a bi-weekly or bi-podcast topic that I raise. Yeah, but I just, you know, I want you to be able to tell the story, but I was making yeah. sure that I was thinking about the right thing. So this is um, just something I think sums up um, just one of those things that it's like to um, uh, be a of one of the things you have to deal with when being a creator, and it's a concept 
that I've talked about briefly before and we've discussed um, uh, at length in previous podcasts that I have several very dedicated, I don't want to use the word fan, but they're, they're dedicated and obsessed with followers. Either, uh, yeah, I guess, with talking to or about me. And um, a concept I've raised before is that it is almost impossible to say anything on the internet without somebody somewhere getting annoyed about it. Hmm. Would you agree with that sentiment? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, like there are very few ideas or things you can say that someone somewhere is not either going to get annoyed about or read in an uncharitable way mm-hmm. and take it upon themselves to be frustrated about on other people's behalf. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, and um, the perfect example of this is a guy I blocked on Twitter about, I want to say, six months ago, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, because like, So I'll set the scene. It was um, a couple months ago, I was scrolling on Reddit, and I saw a post. And this post on Reddit um, was a picture of a brand new PS5. So PS5 is quite difficult to get, even now, a few months later. Yeah, like it's been a, a whole year of just essentially PlayStation and Xbox being mostly unavailable. Yes, and uh, this can lead to like, you know, a, a different discussion as well, because it like, actually is something I kind of like to talk to you about mm-hmm. and pick your brains about where. And the post um, was captioned with the heading, um, look what my wife let me buy, or, my, or something to the effect of that, something like, mm-hmm. oh, my wife finally let me buy this. And Lucas, thoughts on that? Because we've talked before about the idea of men who just w- re- seemingly only do things if their wife lets them and it's the weird like toxic mentality that um feeds into yeah like i i think that any purchase like that should be run by your partner because you know 500 yes. quid is a big purchase that is a lot of money yes to well, a lot for of most people. people it is anyway yeah um but at the same time it's one of those just gross cringe things of like you know that post isn't saying like oh me and my wife discussed that we should buy a PlayStation, so I went and got one. It was, I badgered my wife for months until she finally allowed me to buy a PlayStation. Uh, yes. And that was my my reaction to it. And it's something I spoke about with my girlfriend of like, if I went out and bought a PlayStation 5 or something very expensive, I would let her know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But, and we discussed that purchase. But it's not something I would ever feel comfortable framing as, she let me do it. No, not the way she- at all. And the way she summed it up is like it says one of two things about that guy: either that his wife is really controlling and he has to run stuff like this past her, or mm-hmm. that he's a like a huge man child and that he needs permission to spend his own money because otherwise he'd waste it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And either way you look at that, it's just like it's a really poor reading of the situation. It's really cringe. It is, and that's what I um, screen cap that as, and I think I posted it with the caption. Um, if I ever talk like this, please shoot me in the fucking head. Yeah. You know, in that, like, you know, it's that, that, that hyperbolic way of just like, this is just something I find really uncomfortable. It's not something I... Of course, I... yeah. Just never let me get trapped in a controlling relationship like this presumably is. Yes. And there's like a lot and there's a lot of ways you can read that um, post, but just the only ones that I could see um, with my life experience is just, it is indicative of a poor relationship. It is, yeah, totally. And uh, like I said, one of the things we've talked about before is just uh, men who are like, oh, I'd love to go out tonight, but my wife won't let me. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And it's just, it's... it's just or like that, I'm allowed to, to go out, but I've got a curfew of 8pm. Yeah. And it's like, well, did, did, did your missus not trust you? What's going on here? It's like... Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, there's something about the way it's that I don't like. 
And uh, anyway, I posted that and got quite similar responses from people. Like, you know, probably one of the better performing tweets I've put out in a while. And mm-hmm. just then a guy got really mad. Like really, really mad, Lucas, because I was making fun of someone on the internet. It's Carl. Carl, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, you're not allowed to make fun of somebody on the internet. Even though I wasn't making fun of that guy in particular, I'm making fun of the um, the idea. I was using it as, as we do for this podcast very often as a jumping off point for a wider discussion about something. Yeah, it's not this guy's, you know, a knob or whatever. It's just, please, if I am in a relationship that then leads to this kind of situation, I don't want to be here. Yeah, and virtually every other response to that tweet was along the same lines of like they saw the point I was making of mm-hmm. it's just indicative of a poor relationship or a relationship in which there is not um, a high degree of trust or that yeah. someone is poor with their money. And it's just, it's also as well, it's kind of sexist that the man's not allowed to have fun unless he has permission from his wife to do so. I mean, you could say that, but it goes both ways. Like you get exactly. a lot of relationships where like it's the other way around as well. And it's it just it's just not something that I find it's reductive. I think is the best word to describe it. It's mm-hmm. like the kind of stuff you see on like a sitcom from the nineties, isn't it? Yeah, of the man needing permission to go buy himself something because, like, if he doesn't have the wife telling him what to do, he'd like fall apart or what have you. Anyway, uh, this guy got very annoyed. Um, I tried to, from what I can tell, because like um, uh, he has been screenshotting me telling him to just leave me alone. Because the guy did not get the point. I said, leave me alone. And then I blocked the account and thought nothing more of it. Because that's a thing that's really good about the internet is that if you don't want to interact with somebody anymore, it's very easy to press a button mm-hmm. and just cease that interaction. It's great. Like you can, people can do that like instantly right now. If like, people don't like this conversation, they can press pause. They can turn their yep. phone off. They can go switch to another podcast. They can go listen to any other piece of media that exists online near enough. Uh, which reminds me uh, to just quickly interrupt yes. you and say that the you know people listening on Spotify, there's now a rating system, and we don't ask you to do much, but you know a good rating would help out shareability. So there oh, you okay. go. Hint, there hint. we go. So that shows how little I follow <laughs> the stuff behind the scenes. It shows how much I trust you guys. Like speaking of trust, it's like oh yeah, you just run stuff behind the scenes, send me an invoice once a month. Mm-hmm. If anyone's been curious, like why the um, the channel's um, uh, roster of talent hasn't um, uh, increased, it's because the people with which I trust to do stuff like that is very limited. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many people would you trust to um, uh, basically take your money and do stuff um, without Possibly. any oversight? Yeah. Like something I think a lot of bosses can learn from. Do you know, the whole, whole like, anti-work movement. Mm-hmm. Like how many of that? Like, how much of that would be alleviated if bosses just trusted their employees? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this guy uh, presumably was very annoyed. And then a couple, I want to say, months later, like um, a week or so ago now, I think it's like uh, eight, nine days ago now, yeah. um, he popped back up in my mentions. And I recognized um, not the name, but the way they were talking. Um, because like it, there's a weird way that people do when they try and call you out, but they do so in a way that shows that they're not very good at writing. Oh, and anyway, right. I clicked the guy's account, saw that he had zero followers, and the account was made a few months ago. And it's like, oh, okay, here we go. And then he had like eight tweets sent out in total. So mm-hmm. I scrolled down, and the last tweet he or the tweet he'd done like first was um, basically responding to me, but it was that previous post. 
And I was like, right, yeah. okay. But then he was responding to somebody who, Joe, when you block someone on Twitter, you have that thing of like, click to reveal. Mm-hmm. I click that and it's him responding to, or that account is responding to an account that I blocked that had the same name. Right, yeah. And it's like, oh, so he made a new account to continue making a point and I just never noticed it because I was like, you know, Patino in my life. And I just thought it'd be interesting to highlight that. And I just retweeted the guy with the um, caption, something on the lines of, one of the interesting things about being on the internet, and one of the scariest things I should say, is that you can have an interaction with a person um, that you do completely forget about and no longer think about. Like a one-off, a one-off reaction over something that you see, think is completely trivial, and they mm. will hold on to it for literally months and use it as an excuse to continue harassing you. Like that, that guy, because I think it's pretty fair to say that that's what that guy had done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he'd taken a he had a very bad reaction to a completely innocuous interaction online with a total stranger and had walked away from it feeling so annoyed they, in their head, had justified to themselves making a completely separate account to follow me on social media and continue yelling at me. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, big slap in the face of just, please never talk to me again. And then they went, no, I'll tell you what, instead... I'll pretend to be a new person that I can go and annoy you again. Well, not even to be a new person to make an account with the same name that I've just not seen because, you know, I don't check Twitter all the time. Like, I go do other things. I get a lot of responses every single day to stuff that I post, like from months ago in some cases. I've all, I've all well, those tweets that went viral years ago and stuff. Yeah, more what I meant was, like, pretend to be a new person in the eyes of Twitter, I suppose. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, uh, really good point there. And just... I thought that was just a really good example of something that I and presumably all the creators have to deal with mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and bring it back to what I um, kicked off of saying, like, there's probably a lot of creators out there who've had stuff that we've dealt with that they haven't said. Um, one of the reasons why is that there are people out there like this who just, you, you don't know what's going to set them off, but if you have a reaction or you have an interaction with them that they walk away from um, feeling slighted, however slight that however slight that slight may be, um, they will then hold on to that, in some cases, for months, mm-hmm. years even. Because I've got people, and I've talked to one of the that have held on to this for years, but this guy um, just kept responding. Every person who responded to that, he responded to. And then it was a couple of days, and I saw that I was still getting responses to that. Not from him, but from other people, because I just blocked his second account. And mm-hmm. he's still arguing with those accounts. A couple of days after that, He's like, I'm still getting responses to it. And I'm like, why am I getting responses? Oh, it's because he's arguing with the people still four days later. And as of the day of recording, he's still doing that. And it has been seven to eight days. Mm-hmm. And it's been eight straight days of this guy um, just every couple of hours booting up his, presumably booting up his phone and just arguing with everybody who'd responded or scrolling down to find stuff that um, uh, uh, people who have not, in some cases, not responded to stuff he'd said, asking them to respond. Mm. And just, it is fascinating to see. And I, you know, saw that you were talking about this on Twitter and just kind of went, oh yeah, the usual, like, someone's screaming at Carl again on Twitter. Mm. But the one thing that stood out to me is when you tweeted out a picture of one of their messages saying that they were married with children. Yep. And like, this person's got, like, a family to take care of and instead they're just screaming endlessly at people in your replies. Over Christmas, over the Christmas period, mm-hmm. 
And that's what's so fascinating and scary about it, because this guy is presumably well-adjusted enough to have a wife, have a child, um, have a job, unless they're lying. And you, can I mean, you really don't need someone. to technically be adjusted to have children. You don't, but I, what I mean is like it, they're at least somewhat put together, and I'm going to be charitable here and assume that they are telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And that they do have a wife and kids. And yet, there is something inside their head that just snapped when a person they've never met, never interacted with before, on Twitter, just blocked them because they didn't want to talk to them anymore. And that is enough to have caused them to spend a week straight arguing with people about it. God. And I, I have a relatively small following on like my mm-hmm. social media and um, across like the channel and stuff we have. Yeah, I can so. only imagine if you times that by 10 to what some other people have you can see why a lot of content creators just keep things safe and just absolutely refuse to interact um uh, um, with the wider fan base or only have like a very sanitized social media presence yeah yeah and like i think on my end um again with even a smaller following is why i tend to just like stray as far away from any like negative comments as i can just completely ignore them yeah. So I'm like, I just don't have the energy for those arguments. Yeah, and I don't really much have any more. And if people have been following me for a while, you'll probably notice that like my Twitter account itself is getting a lot more sanitized. It's normally just either a funny picture. Maybe every now and again, I'll just post a picture of one of these comments because they're funny. Mm-hmm. But I generally don't respond to them much anymore. and Or just add links to my Twitch streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it because it's just, it's endless. And just, I got to the point where it's like, well... I, my initial reasoning for doing it was if maybe if I highlight the kind of stuff that I have to deal with in the background that I don't see highlighted by other creators, people will realize mm. that this is the kind of shit I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and it didn't help. No. And then there was a catharsis to it, and then that no longer applies. And now it's more just fascination. So it's only when it, it's only when stuff like this happens where it's like especially egregious what's happening, mm-hmm. where it really like like gets me. Like when we talked about that that comedian guy who spent a literal entire day, God, like sending like a hundred and fifty tweets out or something in the space of ten hours. It's like stuff like that fascinates me. Again, just I just like don't the... know how the people have the like mental energy for that situation. Well, it's something we talked about before. It's like compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. Compassion fatigue is a real thing. Like people get fatigued. Uh, people don't know what that means. It's um, compassion fatigue is just there is a observable phenomenon where people just can't give a huge shit about something for an extended amount of time before well, without burning out. And it happens a lot with like teachers and um, especially medical workers. I was going to say medical workers dealing with unvaccinated people at the moment. Yeah. Is, it's very much gone from you know the start of it. Seeing people post like this is really tragic seeing what's happening to now a lot of them are just fuck off go and get a vaccine yeah and we talked about that on a previous podcast and um, coined the idea or brought up the idea of the inverse not being true like people get compassion fatigue but people don't get arsehole fatigue in fact people who revel in being an arsehole and their bigotry actually get emboldened by the hatred and to the point where they will become more efficient and we talked about like the whole thing on Twitch where they were making bots to harass people. Like they're now outsourcing their harassment to be done <laughs> by proxy so they can maximize the amount of hatred and anger they put out into the world. Whereas people who are trying to bring positivity just eventually get worn down. Yeah, stop. totally. 
or become like jaded and cynical and bitter. And it's why you tend to see that most, you know, arguments in a, a you know, Twitter thread or any kind of comment thread, it tends to be that one person kind of just gives up and is like, all right, go, you you win, just go and shout. Which is what happened here, isn't it? It's like I realised very quickly this is um, a skill you pick up doing um, like work online. It's just you realise when people aren't going to give up and you just mm-hmm. block them. And even then, that's not a guarantee that they're going to stop. I just thought that was quite interesting. You know what? Speaking of um, uh, people just absolutely dedicating an unreasonable amount of time to something that would just exhaust an ordinary person, there's something I stumbled across during my daily scrolls looking for okay. hot takes to talk about on the podcast that yeah. I thought you might want to discuss. And it is a post on our Twitch from okay. a, uh, a Twitch streamer who's left the streaming life. And it's a warning for other people who maybe want to get into content creation. So would you like to discuss that? Yeah, sure. And uh, for clarification, um, uh, what do you consider yourself to be? In what I don't way? think I've ever... Uh, like your job. So you, now right. work full t- you, know, you are now full-time freelancing um, uh, content creation out here. So what do you consider yourself to be? Are you a Twitch streamer? Are you a content creator? Are you an editor? It's not a trick question. I'm just like um, trying to get... Yeah. The um, I think at the start of it, I always just was like, Oh, I'm a video editor. You're a video but editor, yes. Could, just because that's more of like a normal world analog that people can compare it to. Okay. But like, if people genuinely ask, like, what do I see myself as? Is you know, online? I'd probably just say yeah, like online content creator. Kind of just encapsulates it all, then, doesn't it? Yeah, the catch-all term. And uh, ultimately, I believe your goal is to um, uh, not move away from fact things. That makes it sound like I'm like trying to push you out or fire you, but. Um, uh, if to support yourself via your own creative endeavors, yes. Yeah, that I think that's always the goal for everyone, though, isn't it? Really. Yeah, as a content creator, similar and, uh, to like I guess how you know, say for example, when you're writing online, your goal mm-hmm. was not to write for those websites forever. Like it's to write for myself or create content. So it's the yeah. I'm just, just trying to, to like, get out of that now. Yeah, not not for your sake. I know that you understand that more for people thinking like, why is Lucas trying so hard to like get away from fact fiend? It's like. People just generally like to work on their own stuff and yeah, push creative, towards working for themselves. Yeah, creative people tend to not like that creativity being inhibited, even if it is um, by something like in a very loose or abstract sense, like with fact feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you're able to express yourself creatively in a way like through your editing stuff, but you're not editing your own content. Mm-hmm. Like it's content you can have an influence on, but it's not entirely influenced by you. And that's like, you know, as a creative and- person... I understand because that's where I come. That's the whole reason the channel exists. Yeah, and I think in general, like my aim would be to move away from having to edit anything, including my own content. Is like and get to where I was, where I hired someone else to do it. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do if you if you can afford to do so. Because the fun part is the creating the content. The less fun part, I guess, for at least for me, I know some people really enjoy the editing process, but for me. Mm The fun is creating the content, not sitting down and spending four times the amount of time editing it. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to get that all out of the way so um, mm-hmm. uh, like people know what page we're on in regards to our um, uh, lives and yeah, our course, approach yeah. to stuff like Twitch and content creation. It's, like, it's something I do see myself doing for the rest of my life. I greatly enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I have no illusions that the exact thing I'm doing right now is something I will do for the rest of my life. I will continue to create content, no doubt, but just in different forms because that's the way entertainment works. Entertainment will never take the same form. In fact, it's bad for entertainment and media in general that it does. It should constantly evolve, either well, with the times or with culture. Look at how badly um, old school TV is doing now because they refuse to you know, pivot in any kind of way. They're just staunchly refusing to change at all. Yeah, or even just look at early internet. Like, YouTube is a great example of, like, look mm -hmm. at stuff that was early, like, that was viral early on YouTube or people that were successful early on YouTube and they're no longer relevant in a lot of the cases unless they've changed or, um, uh, like, moved with what culture wants from them. Although As I did see one thing, just as a side note. Okay. It was, um, so someone was talking about like the um people that had acted on community like some of the guest stars were really good mm -hmm. and then someone mentioned oh um the bit that like one of the characters leonard does where he does really like poor youtube food reviews was based on like an early youtuber okay and then like underneath i don't know i didn't fact check this or anything but underneath was somebody go oh yeah that guy still does food reviews on youtube in the same way and still just, like, got that following and is just living their life, reviewing they're, food. They're still doing it. Well, you know what? Fair play to that person. But I was like, I've never heard of that, really. Like, <laughs> someone's still just doing the same stuff. and like, yeah, well done. Oh, no, there is a few of those. There's, um, I want to say, do you remember the Badass Honey Badger video? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, well, it was um, an, not an early viral video. It was a viral video a few years back. Uh, mm -hmm. We just a guy narrating some National Geographic footage about the Honey Badger. <laughs> uh, and it coined a few phrases such as honey badger don't care it was um, ended up the guy got like a few cameos on tv mm. stuff like that and it went mega viral and they still it was last time i checked i want to say it was a year or so ago so uh, maybe it's out of date but as of about a year ago they were still trying to make videos in that vein in the hopes that another one would go viral ah uh, okay yeah so that is a um, quite a, a common story online of people refusing to change what they do but still thinking that maybe they'll get big again. See that one sounds more depressing when it's like they're just clutching onto the hope of another viral video but I like the idea of just someone being happy like yeah I'm getting enough views to just keep reviewing food on YouTube. Yeah. Like that kid in um, London who just reviews chicken shops. Oh yeah. <laughs> that kid's a legend. Anyway so uh, the thing I wanted to mention is on our Twitch there is a a, a post that I'm going to, again, we're going to have to have a charitable reading here and presume the person is not lying. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, as, but, I, as is everything. Uh, but I do think it opens up some interesting topics of conversation. Okay. Which is always the point here. So, the truth of post-Twitch life. Um, uh, posted on a throwaway, for obvious reasons they say here. Um, the person is, they say, uh, the, uh, the throwaway is butterfly16843. So if people want to track down that user on Reddit to read the post for themselves. But, um, Lucas, can you think of just a name we can give this person? Uh, I do Ninja? feel bad. Ninja. I'd last a bit too on the nose. That. No, I was joking. <laughs> uh, let's just go for Charles, shall we? Charles, so, okay. Yeah. So. so Charles here on the throwaway. I'm getting into my late 20s. The past eight years or so, I was a career Twitch streamer slash YouTuber. I achieved a pretty large following and put in over 12 hours, of, 12 hours of work on average, no days off for years between editing and streaming. I made decent money to live a good lifestyle, but by no means retirement money or anything like the top 0.1% uh, of Twitch are pulling. Uh, so mm -hmm. straight away there, Lucas, thoughts. 
Uh, sounds super duper unhealthy and is asking to burn out very quickly. Uh, yes, in about eight years, it would seem, because this is like the truth of post-Twitch life, and that um, number holds true for a lot of careers, mm-hmm. um, where you don't have... A 12-hour workday seem ridiculous, but I know plenty of people who do work 12-hour days with no breaks for years, um, such as teachers and doctors, and they have a similar burnout time of about eight to ten years. Yeah, and um, it's why you tend to find that even in jobs with lower risk of burnout, you tend to find that people move from company to company a lot in, you know, the space of like five to ten years. Yeah, like burnout is real, and especially mm-hmm. when um, uh, like you're pulling days out when you don't get any time for yourself, but we said here. However, as I grew older, I lost passion. I became burnt out uh, being on the computer all of the time. I became burnt out on the games I was playing, plus the popularity was declining. I became burnt out of the Twitch community and gaming in general as I grew older than the average person involved with the industry. I was sick of the instability of working as a streamer, as one month could have brought in 10 grand and another month closer to 2,000. No benefits, no overtime, no healthcare, and absolutely zero support from Twitch either, while they reap all the benefits of middle streamers like myself. My channel and mental state rapidly start declining. And this is where... Like my sympathy started to twing a bit of like, hang on a sec, you were earning $10,000 a month at 20 years old. And you're saying in the same like breath, uh, met- the same metaphorical breath, no benefits and no healthcare. Mm-hmm. I would argue 10 grand a month is a benefit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right then. Like two grand a month is even more than like I've earned in previous jobs and stuff. Like it's it's more than the average wage for a lot of people in America. And obviously so they, they're probably talking dollars, but uh, yeah. Anyway, like so if they are right sometimes getting some ten grand a month, they should have the wage. money to put aside to pay for healthcare and to pay for time off and stuff. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, uh, uh, it's the curse of being um, self-employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just this is where like my I it piqued my interest when people were talking about it. But when I just saw the thing of like no benefits, it's like well, ten thousand dollars a month. The potential to earn ten thousand dollars a month is a benefit. Yeah. Uh, and I have it here. The minimum wage or the federal minimum wage is still seven dollars twenty five an hour. Uh, yes, well, but it still, I, I believe it does vary state to state. So the. Uh, the annual earnings for a full-time minimum wage worker at the current federal minimum wage is fifteen thousand dollars a year. Um, so if you were earning two grand a month, um, let's like you know put somewhere in the middle, so between ten and two, and just say four. If yeah, you were earning yeah. four grand a month, you are earning on average uh, like thirty-six thousand dollars, close to forty thousand. Uh, so you know, tax. two to three times more than the average person. Yeah. And I would classify that as a, a fringe benefit of working on Twitch, that you have the potential to earn literally twice what the average person would work in a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And it's worth pointing out as well, a lot of those minimum wage full-time jobs also don't have any benefits. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, so, so I quit. Cold turkey. Focused on going to the gym and making IRL relationships to fix the things I'd neglected over the years. And then it says here, lived off of savings for about a year and a half. Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're not earning a small amount of money here. They, when they talk about there's no benefits, they got enough money to take a solid 18 months completely off, just off, say, living off savings. Yeah. That's and insane. The, and that's the thing. This is an interesting thing to talk about because on one hand, I fully agree that like, what they were doing was unhealthy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and their, their decision to like, you know, go focus on um, like improving themselves, like their physical health, their mental health, and then like, make some friends in real life. Like they are good things. But then yep. to frame it as this thing of like, oh, this is the mistake everybody makes. It's like, I think everybody knows that working for 72 hours a week and not taking a break in um, five years is a bad thing. But they're framing it as like, oh, here's some advice for people. Don't kill yourself working. Especially yeah. in the current climate of anti-work on Reddit. It's like people now. And obviously, like, the main thing going around is don't kill yourself for a company. Mm-hmm. And they were killing themselves for themselves, essentially. But yeah. why frame it as, I, again, 72 hours, never taking a day off, blah, blah, blah. I had to go completely cold turkey and quit out so that I could focus on myself 18 months. Why not knock it down to a 40-hour work week, five days a week, and focus on yourself in those extra 30 hours you've gained back? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you don't know what people know. Because I've gotten to points like where I'm about to take like, a complete break. Like yourself, just over Christmas, you took a complete social media blackout. So, that's, so I think we can both understand where they're coming from in that regard. Again, but that's that's kind of what I do... You know, I make sure, like, I have my weekends off with my girlfriend for the most part. I make yep. sure that I take a lot of time off for Christmas and my birthday and mm-hmm. for my girlfriend's birthday because that's what I do to try and help alleviate the future potential of burnout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's a very sensible thing to do. But we have here, um, then it was time to get a job, a normal job. I thought with my years of experience in editing and growing a large platform, I'd get hired anywhere very quickly. Nope, not a single company even consider me as a potential employee for jobs I've been doing for nearly a decade after hundreds of applications and a solid written resume. Not entry-level positions, not mid-tier positions, nothing. This is that thing as well of, um, I've been there. um, Yeah. I I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. Of um, One of the reasons I just kept freelancing for so many years is I would go to um, try and do SEO work or copywriting work for actual co- companies based in the UK. So a lot of my freelance work was done online for companies based abroad. And I'd go in for interviews. I'd have my creative portfolio in there, which said I've written hundreds of articles, thousands of articles after like, you know, a couple of years of trying to apply for a job doing this. Yeah. Uh, they have gotten like tens of millions of views, I think um, was the figure I used, but then because I wrote for Cracked and had a few articles go viral on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got like a very high standard of research from like my university degree, which I have like this rank, um, rating in. I've got like um, uh, testimonials here from editors for very popular websites that have um, uh, create create consistently viral content of a high quality that is known across the internet, saying that I am a good worker and I have like got a very high standard of research, writing quality, that sort of thing. Yeah. And they'd always say the same thing. So where else have you worked? <laughs> And if you know, well, I've worked, I've been freelance. And they go, okay, so do you have any references? And we've got references here from these websites. Because, okay, but do you have any companies that you've worked for? No. Okay, but we need some references from a company. And then I, I remember once I just sat, I got really pissed off. And I asked the person, it's like, so what is it I'd be, I'd be doing here? It's, oh, you'd be writing copy for um, people's websites. So, so the work would mostly be online. Yes. Like my work is done here. It's like, yeah, but you need to have some, like, you know, some um, uh, published examples. Like it is published, but online. So you really need some print examples for us to be able to take to clients. It's like, but they want me to work on their website, which is what I do. 
It's a real, real old school mentality, yeah. isn't it? So I can understand where they're coming from in that regard. That was frustrating of like, oh, well, you'll need to do copy uh, writing and SEO work for their website. It's like, well, that's what I do. But have you got any print work published? It's like, but they don't want me to publish in print. It's similar to what I've dealt with applying to write on websites, funnily enough, of, mm-hmm. oh, well, have you got a portfolio? Oh, yeah, like I ran a blog for a couple of years and here's all of like my portfolio of things that I've done. It's like, oh, right, but we need things that have been published by someone that's not you. It's like, right, okay, but I've got literal years worth of like writing examples here of like pieces of work that are out in the public that you can use as reference for how I work and like what I write. Yeah, like. Right, writing samples and the quality of the writing. Um, uh, it's it's very frustrating. So I get it from that thing, but also yeah, I do, yeah. this is where like I start to get a bit... Um, uh, Again, I told you like, my sympathy started to wane a little bit for them, where they seemingly were expecting to walk straight into a job. Of like, oh I yeah, was the, big... the moment that you said that part, I was like, you're moron. Literally, you, like, there's people I know that walk out of university that had the same idea of just with degrees. Well, I've got a degree. I'm gonna just walk into a job. It's like, but a lot of people have degrees. It's also as well. Do you know that thing they talked about of no benefits? I would argue that when you get to the point of, like, by the sounds of it, they're in a similar position to I am, just on Twitch instead of YouTube. Um, you should be able to have made several connections in the industry, and that's the benefit right there because it's always what who you know, not what you know when it comes to um, most jobs. I'd argue. I mean, yeah, even myself, like every job I've ever had has been because I've known somebody. Yeah. Anyway, it says here, gaming companies didn't give a fuck that they'd already literally paid me over $20,000 in cash to do a, pay, a few paid promotions for them. And now that I was willing to work for them for an entire year for close to that amount, I was not even getting into their court as an employee. And that just mean, makes it sound like, did you not have a good relationship with these companies? Yeah. Also, it sounds like just... I just don't understand their money management system at all of like... Yeah. Well, I got 20 grand for doing no work. Oh, so, Lucas, no, no benefits. I got $20,000 for doing a few paid promotions. No benefits to what I was doing. Yep, no benefits at all. There was no benefits to what I was doing. I was in a position where I could command $20,000 for um, a few minutes of my time. No benefits <laughs> to what I was doing. And that does sound a bit mean because, like, you know, the person, obviously, they had a, a break and just like, like fuck this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. like, this is them after those couple of years, mm-hmm. taking stock of their situation and looking back, presumably with like, you know, the, uh, the gift of hindsight, and they're still unable to see like the massively advantageous position they were in. They're still framing it as they had no benefits or anything like that. Yeah, I got nothing out of this other than putting a lot of time in for a decent wage. Yeah, so um, other non-gaming related companies gave zero fucks and literally didn't even know what Twitch is. I got maybe four job offers after all the applications. Two of the job offers were for pyramid schemes and the other two uh, were somehow trying to put me on a 1099 like Twitch at near minimum wage salaries, but I'd like I'd have to pay for all the expenses like mileage, work and food and whatnot. So effectively below minimum wage salaries. Yeah, and that bit, that bit does suck because yeah. like that's clearly just saying the only companies that wanted to give me a job were just horrible shit manipulating companies yeah and um like 
but when you read it all, that's combined with the other thing of like them being annoyed that companies that had worked with them wouldn't even give them the time of day. It's like, what, I did all this work? It, it smacks of entitlement. It does, yes. Uh, because like, okay, yeah, they paid you to promote because you had an audience that you built up. That was what was valuable to them, not your skills. Mm-hmm. What are you present? What are you offering them in terms of the skills you could provide? Because it's like me walking into, um, uh, like Joe, like is it John, who's done some uh, sponsors for the channel before? If the channel yes. died and I approached him, it's like, so John, do you mind hiring me? He's like, as what? Oh, I stopped doing YouTube now, but we've worked together in the past. Could you hire me? It's like, as what? Yeah, like you I, I, I... <laughs> don't know anything, and you've not got skills in what you're now wanting a job for. Yeah, I paid you for your reach and your audience, not your skills. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's something about that rubbing the wrong way, but there is it. I'm not trying to complain or have pity. Um, I just want people to realize how toxic the life cycle of a Twitch streamer can truly be. Only the streamers who can make retirement money get any value out of it, and there's only a few dozen of those. The reality is harsh and sad, and I truly, deeply wish nothing but the worst for Twitch as a company, and I wish I never got involved as a teenager. Um, don't get me wrong. Um... Switch and Amazon, who own Twitch, horrible shit companies. companies, terrible companies. I do think that Twitch runs on a system of getting a lot of benefit out of letting people burn themselves out and stuff, and it does very offer very little support in those kind mm-hmm. of situations. But at the same time, when they're saying like, "I got absolutely nothing out of this life for eight years," when it's like. You worked for yourself and earned more than most people do in America. Yeah. Uh, like you, this, by their own admission, uh, we'd look to up mid federal minimum wage in the United States would be $15,000. They mm-hmm. earned what some people earn in one year, um, plus a, quite a bit extra for um, as, they, as they admit themselves, just a couple of um, uh, promotions. Yeah, I think it's very disingenuous to say that the Twitch lifestyle gets you nothing because most people would kill to be in a position where they could earn a decent wage and work for themselves for eight years, as they've admitted. Yeah, I um, would hazard a guess that there are people out there listening to this right now would give their left nut for what that guy had mm-hmm. yep. and would absolutely endeavour to keep a stranglehold on what they'd achieved. And I think it's... Sa- oh, sorry. I was going to say, we started talking about, well, not we started, but like we briefly mentioned, like there are people out there who've had that taste of viral success who are still trying to yeah. keep a grasp on that because they know how sweet that lifestyle is. Yeah, totally. And uh... well, there's people who can continue to eke out the living that they do because they get so much enjoyment from this. It's just one of those of, I think, it's framing Twitch lifestyle specifically. I think it's quite yeah. disingenuous because all they're saying is, look, being self-employed is hard because when you run out of either, you know, just, you know, um, like lust for the job or you run out of money, it's like, well, there's nothing left after that. It's like, yeah, but that's just, again, being self-employed yeah. and that's the risk that you take. That's why I thought this could be an interesting jumping off point because it's, there's multiple ways um, you can look at this and there's multiple ways it makes me feel because on one hand yeah I do genuinely feel bad for anyone who gets to a point of like fuck this yeah totally because it, it does take some balls to walk away from earning that amount of money for your, the sake of your mental health and that's something I do applaud in people but yeah. at the same time the lack of self-awareness of the privilege they had mm-hmm. and the uh, 
um, to talk about having no benefits or like, oh, you get no retirement out of it. Like, with the amount of money they were seemingly earning, like, evidently enough to live for a year and a half without any sort of um, uh, additional income coming in. Like, that's, let's just say they were living off like 20, 30 grand a year. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably at least in that, that ballpark because they, you know, let's just imagine, as we said, minimum wage, you're earning like $15,000 if you can live off that for like a year and a half. Yeah, and 20 say, to 30 grand. Let's say they had, that's what, the, the, oh, let's say that's all, quote unquote, they had left after this like eight years of showing. How many people out there right now? Like, just let us know by like, you know, just um, uh, like show of virtual hands or just, I'll tell you what, send me a tweet. Let me know what you could do with um, twenty to thirty thousand dollars right now, and whether or not that would change your life for the better, and whether or not you could use that um, uh, as not a retirement, but to put yourself in a position where your ultimate retirement was a lot more secure. I can tell you right now that I've been working full time for um, maybe about nine years now i think i, I think i started mm-hmm. in a steady full-time wage about nine years ago and i certainly don't have 20 to 30 grand to show for in savings and that's the thing like 20 to 30 grand in savings like would be enough to put a deposit on a house mm-hmm. yeah you could put you could put a deposit down on a house and go work at mcdonald's and probably pay your mortgage off that yeah and yeah it's just I just thought it'd be an interesting jumping off point because there's some very valid things they say there, but there's a lack of self-awareness about there, the action. There's totally, co- completely valid things of like, look, I left this career and I was, you know, doing good work for eight years and I have a mm-hmm. bunch of things to show for it, but I'm still having a rough time getting a job and people taking my work seriously. And it's worth pointing out that they did like respond to a few comments, and there are a couple of like choice things I noticed that are like, mm-hmm. oh, they they didn't really grow from this. It's like they're talking here. Someone was mentioning like, oh, just one of the reasons maybe you didn't get a job is because like your skills weren't being framed in a way that's marketable. Mm-hmm. Like just saying Twitch stream is one thing, but and I think we all know that thing about how you pad your resume. Yeah. Like, for example, if you were going to go apply for a traditional job, per se, you wouldn't say, I edited YouTube videos for a company called Big Wangers Incorporated, would you? Um, no. I mean, I would say, you know, that I was a freelance video editor and... Um, for a popular um, uh, local YouTube channel owned by um, a businessman. Yeah, exactly. And, and I would then you'd frame build it yourself as, up, wouldn't you? Yeah. I have... a multitude of different um skills from this i have a portfolio that i can provide for you of different work that i've done yeah, yeah i it's wouldn't just one, like, go i was working on a youtube channel like same thing if i was like running a twitch channel that was earning 20 grand a month i'd be like liaised uh, single-handedly liaised and um, cooperated on deals that made tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and formed like advantageous business partnerships with um uh, other people through my own benefits and built a vast network of connections and um, uh, uh, business partners and stuff like that. They say here, like in regards to traditional work, um, it's pretty linear and simple. You graduate college, you get a job in any field, you work 30, 40 hours a week and get promoted. It's like, no, you don't. Like we talked earlier, it's like, that's not how it works for people. But in their head it is. It's like, oh, if I'd just gone to college and got a job, 
it would have been, I'd go there, I'd work 30, 40 hours a week and I'd be promoted and earn experience the entire way. No, and that's normally not how it works in a company. Like I think we've probably mentioned it previously on another podcast, but like mm-hmm. the way that most companies tend to promote is they find the people that overwork themselves and then, you know, linger promotions in front of them, hopes that they will continue to do that. And then when they get promoted, there's always another character chase and they'll continue to overwork themselves. Let's say here, they, they continue here. Streaming, on the other hand, doesn't provide any of that for you. It's literally just a time sink. Either you make money off it or you don't. Nothing of value is really provided. I'd say the things of value are there by being a good streamer, but it's not acknowledged by 99% of the public who went through the traditional linear path. And that's just not true. No. Like, uh, the benefits that you can achieve from it aren't tangible. They're not things you can physically just, like, point to in your life but there's so many advantageous things i've gotten like from my own experience from Mm -hmm. being in the industry that i am Uh, even if it is just the connections that i've made Mm -hmm. like having like say for example a direct line to the people who own the websites i used to write for that's a really really good thing because i can just get straight through to somebody who's like owns and runs a popular another popular website yeah so that's the thing, if, I, if Fact Fiend folded tomorrow, I could presumably go and email them, get in contact with them and work behind the scenes with them or put myself into a position where I could earn some money behind the scenes or have some sort of income coming in from that. And that's not but, a benefit, like, that's not something tangible I can point to, but that is not something available to the average person on the street. That is something I've achieved and gotten because of this. But even let's say that they didn't make any connections, like just, you know, they probably did, but let's say that they were very, very insular. They just went on Twitch 12 hours a day, met nobody out of it, and just became quite successful and then left. It's like, you still have a a bevy of skills that you got from that that you yeah. are clearly framing wrong because you have skills in promotion work. You have literal... 72 hours a week worth of evidence that you've been doing for eight years of live production work. There's also the thing as well, like, um, I got nothing of value out of it. I guarantee you right now. Because that's the thing, if you've got no ethics or no morals, if you've got a Twitch stream, and presumably they said they were a YouTuber as well, so you've got a Twitch mm-hmm. channel with a couple thousand subs, because that's presumably how much you've... A couple hundred, couple thousand, what have you, and then a couple hundred thousand, I'm going to guess, on YouTube to be earning kind of money they're earning. You can sell that. There are companies out there who will pay you money for access to that audience because that has value. Yeah, you can straight up sell a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel to another company that will then take that following and just rebrand the entire channel and act as if they started off that basis. Yeah, Absolutely. And it says here that... So they have another comment here from somebody on the thing. So it... This, oh wait, a single comment thread. Let's view all of these. So we have here a breakdown from themselves because people are basically saying, so what did you spend all your money on? So over here, um, I was um, ordered food 10 to 15 times a week, took Uber rides everywhere because I didn't have the time, know-how, or energy to figure out how my car works, got a cleaning lady to clean my house, uh, never formed any relationships, only went on Tinder. Uh, again, not every streamer has that kind of hectic, chaotic experience. Um, uh, 
especially the older ones with a 9 to 5 job and their finances and life in order. That wasn't the case for me or any of my other larger streamer friends. Some stream out of passion while others stream for money while some find a mix of both. I don't think a financial literary class would really help streamers like me. Oh, because someone's telling them to, um, you should probably take a financial literary class. Like, no, it wouldn't help. And then that's following them saying, I ordered food 15 times a week. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those of, you have to do a calculation in your head of all the money that I'm spending on taxis, fast food, cleaning my house. Is that money that I'm spending on all that to save time actually like, worth more or less than what i would you know save by just taking that time out of my day to cook and to clean yeah and um this is something else in the follow-ups because well the follow-ups to it make it really um uh, it muddies the water even more because someone was like this should be in the main post no wonder it didn't work out for you long term you were throwing money into the furnace Mm -hmm. you could have bought a used car every single year um just by like cutting down the amount of food you ate by half or a realistic, you could have a down payment on a house, or like half the mortgage paid for. Yeah. And the guy's like, who says I didn't do those things? I'm broke as shit right now, but I do have a reliable car and a place to live. The only money I have to spend is for food, electricity, and my internet bill. But no so benefits. So that implies that they're living probably with parents rent-free still? Or they bought a house. Because they or say that I'm they living. completely bought a house and only have bills to pay for, which means that that would be something hugely beneficial and tangible to take away from that eight years yeah like um so they're in their late 20s and they by their own admission again have um they're broker shit with a reliable car and a place to live and i'm going to guess from the way they're framing it because the person saying you could have put a down payment on a house that the place they're living is something they've either fully paid for or got a mortgage on but and then they would presumably mention that they had to have um money for a mortgage mm-hmm uh, either way, it seems like they have walked away from this with, at the very least, they've got a car and a secure place to live. Yeah. And because they say the only thing they have to pay for is just um, uh, food and internet and electricity. And this is one of the things I'm going to ask people again. Um, would you trade eight years of your life to not have to worry about um, a place to live for the rest of it? Mm-hmm. And I think 99% of you are like, yes. Because basically, all you're doing there is you're just condensing ten. You're condensing twenty years of work into ten to ensure that you can take forty years off. It's the yeah. it's a more uh, extreme version of people who work on like you know, oil rigs and they work six months like every single day, but then take six months off. Mm-hmm. And it's just really bizarre to me that they can sit there and go, well, now I've got absolutely zero things out of this Twitch life and it's awful. Except while for a car also and a commenting, I have no money to worry about anymore and I have a car and a place to live. Yeah. That I'm broke, but I don't need money anymore because I play games online for 12 hours a day for eight years. And I know there's more to, you know, working online than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know framing it a bit disingenuously myself there but at the same time it's like this person is just wanting so much sympathy but also wanting to claim that oh look no no don't worry about me i've got no money but i don't need it because of eight years of work yeah it's like i don't want anyone to have sympathy for me but look how bad my life is 
I'm just warning people that, like, you know, being a Twitch streamer is not all worth it. For example, I worked for eight years and felt like shit, and now all I've got left to show for it is a house and a car. And, and if eight, you could tell and people... eight years of not having to look after myself because I could afford to pay for a cleaner and food to be brought to me every fucking day, and then I took a year off at the end of it. To a lot of people, but as I said, but there's a lot of people out there who would do this. Like they make they try to make it out as if it's a bad thing. It's like so you're saying you had eight years, presumably like the time of your life, because you were rich, successful, had you had all the things that people want. They even point. admit to them, like in the post, living a good lifestyle because and of pa- the amount of money they were earning. Yeah, ordering out food 20 times, like 10, 15 times a week. Didn't have to clean their house, get someone to clean it for them. They had enough money to not worry about getting Uber everywhere. And they said, and the only relationships I had were one night stands on Tinder. So it's like, so eight years you spent just eating what you want, drinking what you want, doing what you want and who you want. Never had to clean up after yourself. And then took a year and a half off work. And it's like, it's, it's, this is why I want to it's so interesting. I do feel bad. For the sentiment, but at the same time, the person making the sentiment makes it really hard to feel bad for them specifically. And like, they're also making it out that this is a problem unique to a Twitch streamer. It's mm-hmm. like, no, people face this difficulty when changing any career. Like, that's all it is, essentially, is person burn out from the career looking to start in a new career and is frustrated that it's hard to find a job and they have to start at the bottom again. Mm-hmm. That, but that's, that would be with anybody, not just a Twitch streamer. That yeah, would be someone working thing. in an office. It's like, I feel sorry for the situation being put forward, but yeah. not for the person who's putting it forward. Because the more I read this and the more I went through their comments, because I was like reading this and talking about it with my girlfriend, just the more you realize, oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. They were just an idiot. It's like yeah. we have one here. Uh, someone asked them, did you ever think about just hiring an editor or a manager? Because they talk about, like, you had to do all the editing and stuff yourself. Well, actually, no, I had multiple editors and managers over the course of my career. But that was another can of worms. At one point, I was part of an agency, mostly for tax and copyright reasons. And I had tons of money taken by them. Although they did help me grow in some ways. So even when they're admitting that they helped them grow, they took their money. And they had managers and stuff that they could have... They had people that could help mm-hmm. um, alleviate the workload. And then we have, like, this is the bit as well where I come, like, my sympathy was went out the window. Although most editors were asking for and paid more than the YouTube channel was making in revenue. So when I did have editors, it was usually a net loss for me. Okay. Uh, let me have it here. Although the YouTube channel did bring in views to Twitch, uh, which brought in donations, but like I said, it was a massive hassle with all the issues attached to it. For example, when the YouTube revenue was really good, editors would be like, why am I only getting paid X when the channel I'm loading to is making three times that? And this is where I lost all the sympathy of like, oh, the people that I was paying, the people who were making my life easier were asking to be paid a fair wage and it was fucking annoying dealing with. But at the same time, like, you know, on the one hand, they're saying they were asking for more than the channel was sometimes making, which implies that they were asking for a good wage. Mm -hmm. So if they were asking for a good wage and you were paying a good wage, then they wouldn't be sitting there going like, I need more money. Presumably anyway. Yeah. But that thing of, uh, 
Oh, the YouTube channel had no value, although it did bring in a lot of views, which led to donations, meaning it did have value. Anyone doing business will tell you that yeah. if you have something that brings you money in, like there's a thing in business known as loss leaders. Are you familiar yes. with the idea of a loss leader, Lucas? Yeah, sure. Like putting a lot of money in and losing money to start with in the hopes that eventually that turns your like turns around on itself and becomes profitable. Yeah, that's um uh, like I don't think that's the exact definition of it. My understanding of it is uh, for example, bread in is a loss leader. Uh, bread is very often in almost every big supermarket chain sold at a loss. Um so oh, is no, milk. Yeah. Okay. Like so household yeah. essentials are considered to be loss leaders and the idea is is that um you willingly accept the loss from that because it brings people in. And in this case, his YouTube channel was a loss leader in that it wasn't making money in of itself, but its existing created value. And that value was worth more than the amount of money being put in. Yeah, and like to put it into, you know, maybe different terms, like for example, you know, a lot of gaming companies will sell their consoles at a loss to then have the the sales revenue come in from the games. Yeah. And it's and make a profit that way, yeah. I was I was misunderstanding for a second, yeah. Okay. And this is what's cracking me up about it of like it was a huge hassle, even though their their existence literally made me money. And then that thing of they were getting mad that I was making money off their hard work in the same in response to a post which they say it's really annoying that Twitch didn't give me um, uh, anything for all the hard work I was putting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lack of self awareness. Like, I feel bad for the situation, but not this specific person because the more you read, the more you realize, oh, they just don't know. Yeah, because like the self awareness there of oh. I don't know why my editors were asking me for more money when I, I was making four times what they did off of their work. That doesn't really seem fair. Anyway, I think Twitch should have paid me more in recognition for the work I was putting in. And it's just a... It's very funny to me as well, the idea that, like, they can't understand, as you say, that, oh, well, when I did pay them more than the video was earning... Yeah, it sure, it did bring in viewers and donations, but that... I didn't... It wasn't a, you know... It wasn't an apples to apples comparison. So they they're writing it off. Like yeah, it's, so it's, it's one... worthless, completely worthless. It's like, like they're really? on one hand acknowledging that it made them money, but then also decrying like its existence. It's like okay, it's like just because like say for example, you know, they paid a hundred dollars to the editor, but the video made fifty. They can't put in their head, but the fifty dollars plus. The two hundred dollars in donations meant that I made profit on that video. Yeah, well, that's uh, a thing. Like with our channel, like mm-hmm. you know, the behind the scenes thing of like the average fact thing video does not earn what I pay you to edit one. Like you know that for a fact, you can see all the numbers. Yeah, yeah. and it's one of those things. That this is why it frustrated me because, like, I know like, I am very passionate about this and making sure you guys get paid a fair wage in regards to what the channel in, in relation to what the channel earns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you can see the numbers, you can see that a average fact theme video does not earn ev- like um, what you are paid to edit it. But the channel as a whole, like the value having that video on the channel creates because it just adds more to this backlog of content that people can watch and binge through, is mm-hmm. worth that amount of money you're being paid. And this guy could not see that. Yeah. Oh, it's baffling. Just, it really sounds, as you say, like this person just 
didn't either didn't know to put it all together or didn't want to put it all together mm-hmm. and realize what they had. Like they they're talking about as if they got nothing from this, even though the a large number. I'm not gonna say I keep saying a majority. I'm just gonna say a large number of people would chomp at the bit to be in their position. And they also really, at the start of it, made it sound like they had no other choice than to work those horrendous hours. But they did have a choice because they had the ability to pay for other people to alleviate yeah. their workload. That's the thing, as you see, as you like to make, as you go through the comments, it became more and more clear that they're just an idiot. And mm-hmm. when they're talking about people are saying, well, financial literacy, like you can't fault someone for not being... Like if you get it's the same thing with like footballers and sportsmen who get given like millions of pounds to play football every week, mm-hmm. and then they go bankrupt or something in ten years because you know they haven't been taught how to handle their money, which is a point someone brought up with this person. Um, and when that was brought up, I don't think it would have helped. It's like, what do you mean it wouldn't have helped to be told how to better invest? Like one, one of your complaints is that you had no benefits, like health insurance or anything like that. A financial expert or accountant would have been able to walk you through setting these things up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to work for a giant company to get things like health insurance or benefits. Like you can set those up for yourself. Like for example, with my business that I do, because I'm in the yeah. same, in, I'm in the same business. Now. I have a pension scheme set up for myself that I pay into. Mm. That was set up for me by my accountant because I don't have, I didn't have much financial history, but I realise I have the money to pay someone who does to help me. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing about accountants, folks at home: like accountancy fees can be written off on your taxes, meaning that if you earn enough money, so this doesn't apply to everyone. If you earn enough money to uh, that, an accountant seems like a good idea, or you don't know what to do with it. The accountant will be able to write, like you can write off the money you pay the accountant. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's the, if you don't know how to do that, do you know who does know how to do that? An accountant. Yeah, and, and it they can sounds like do they it. were definitely earning enough money to pay for one. Yeah, and they would have been able to write that off, and their accountant would have been able to tell them, okay, put this, do this, 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 and this, and they prove them to them like incorporate as a company, mm-hmm. which is what myself and you have done. Put this amount of money into this account every month as a business account, and you'll be able to draw from it. As a, and it's like to see them like flippantly say, "I don't think it would have helped to speak to a financial expert." It's like, but you're complaining that you've got no money left. Yeah. Oh, then someone here was like just mentioning that. Uh, so we have a breakdown here. So between two and ten k a month, let's call that an average of five to six k a month, or sixty to seventy two thousand dollars a year. If you can't figure out how to start a retirement plan on that, that's on you. It sucks, but eighteen months of not working is going to look odd to an employer, and a gap like that in a work history is a red flag. I hope you find something that makes you happy. And their response to that is, um, "You are right, but when your balls deep in being a streamer, real life doesn't exist." But no benefits, Lucas. They got to ignore real life. Joe, you know, the thing that causes people like just endless stress and yeah. to just um, just feel absolutely helpless. I Again, they, of... were, they were in a position to take the time out of their life to do all of these things because, again, they had the money to get people to help them with the workload. So this is all just them completely fumbling the ball. Yeah, it's that thing as well of there were no benefits and they talk about like I was completely insulated from the general worries of real life to the point where I never even considered them to be a thing. And they're framing yeah, it as if like that's... From a teenager, they said they didn't even have to worry about things like making a rent payment, which is, you know, 
what a lot of people have to suffer with for years or decades. <laughs> but no, Carl. Like, they got nothing out of it. Exactly. This is the thing. And this was an amazing experience because I was like, at first I was like, okay, sure, I feel a little bit bad, I feel a little bit bad. And then the more you read from the person just being really, really aggressively like, no, it's everybody else's fault while they simultaneously reveal more stuff that makes it sound like you were in such a good position. You could have capitalized on this and rode it for the rest of your life. Was that sorry? I just moved my mic a little bit and like my uh, my filter like scraped against my mic, so I'm sorry. I'll try and edit that out. Uh, oddly enough, like one of the, we have a comment here from someone in the thread. Only the streamers who make retirement money have any value out of it. This is a statement that you made that stood out to me because you said yourself that Twitch stream provided your way to live a good life for almost a decade. Is that not value? The reality is that there are many jobs outside of pro sports where working for eight years is enough for a life. Hmm. Totally. It's just, it really seems like this person has zero clue about anybody else's problems working mm-hmm. a job. It's just, oh no, it's really hard for me to get a good 10 years out of being on Twitch and now I've got nothing to show for it. It's like, but as I said, that's what a lot of people have to deal with, just changing a career after 10 years. And their response to that is, um, absolutely not. And I put thousands of hours into any other profession, whether it be something like manual labor or something like high, or higher education. I'd have a career for life and an established salary. The Twitch thing, even when it paid me 10,000 a month, was essentially a waste of time that, didn't, that I didn't realize at the time. Not to mention, while 10,000 pounds a month, 10,000 K, 10,000 dollars, because I keep the way they've written is really awkward, sounds mm-hmm. like a lot. The amount of hours I put in, it probably wouldn't uh, pay, the te- pay the same as working any other average job with overtime. That's a and lie. It is. But here's the, isn't this amazing, Lucas, where you start feeling bad for this person because they're trying to give like a stark warning and the more you learn, the more frustrated and pissed off you're getting. Yeah. Of them saying, well, ten, it sounds a lot to have 10K a month, but if you really think about it, it's not. So you shouldn't feel bad. Like you should feel bad for me. Yeah. It's like, let's take that figure that we threw around earlier of like 15K. Okay, so you're working. Let's break it down. You're working essentially like 72 hours a week, which is not even double a work week. So that would be like 30 grand a year or, well, a bit less than 30 grand a year they Mm. would be earning if they just doubled what they were earning minimum wage. Well, we can, like, you know, we can break down what they're, if they're going to say 72, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt, say 72 hours. So yeah, let's go 72 times, let's... I know the the awkward things you don't tidy by four because so sometimes there are five. Well, let's just go for you know just one average month, like a four week month. So let's times seventy two by four, shall we? And let's well, just all you need to do is seventy two times fifty two because there's fifty two weeks in a year. There is okay seventy two. So let's do it by fifty two. Let's so say seventy two times fifty two. So seventy two times fifty two. There we go. So that gives us 3,744. So that's the amount of hours um, they'd be working in a year. And mm-hmm. let's say they're earning $10,000 a month every month. Like Joe during the, like the, their high point. So let's say they yeah. earn $10,000 a month every month. So that'd be $120,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. So let's go for... Uh, da, 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 da. Right, how would we do this math again? Uh, so you do like the 120K divided by the amount yeah. of hours. 
So let's go uh, bomb, bomb 100, 1, 1, 2, 3, divided by 3744. Uh, that equals, on average, $32 an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, Which let's... is definitely not comparable to so any let's... regular job that they say that they could get. And let's divide that by $7.25, shall we? So that equals um, four and a half times the minimum wage. So no, four... Carl, they work the same amount of hours. It's like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah. earn those kind of wages. Isn't this, though, great? Because... You're on the same journey that I was two days ago yeah, when yeah. I initially read this. And the best bit is if you go through the comments, like a couple of them are quite supportive, but then as the guy started responding, you can see that. Cause this post um, was at like a lot, it had a lot more upvotes um, when I initially saw it. And now it's got a lot less because as the guy's gone in to try and defend themselves, people are downvoting it because they realize he's just an asshole and he's salty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually kind of, I feel bad anyone in that situation but the more you learn about this person the more you realize they were handed a golden opportunity and they fumbled it yeah and they their refusal or their lack of self-awareness about the opportunity and the advantages and the benefits they had well they're like they're sat there in this thing screaming like well 10 grand sounds like a lot and it's like yeah it is because it's 10 fucking grand yeah it's four that, and a half anyone times. would earn 10 grand if they work 72 hours a week it's like no, they fucking wouldn't. And them talking about like uh, there was no value in it because if I'd have if I'd have worked ten years in another job, I'd have experience in a job for life. It's like if you saved half of your money every month for those eight years, you'd you'd have like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something stupid like that. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's enough to live sit on for the rest of your life. You can just buy a house with that and then never need to worry about earning a significant amount of money ever again. Yeah, and also to point out that, like, similar to any other career, they did have their, like, they did have a job set up for life. They chose to walk away from it. Yeah, because uh, it's like, I've talked about it often on the podcast of, I doubt, at the very start of this one, I doubt I'll be doing what I'm doing right now for the rest of my life, but the experience and um, connections that I've made will allow me to continue in the vein of content creation for as long as I want to. Mm -hmm. And this also, is the same as, as you mentioned. Like one of the comments said, eighteen months where you just completely let, like isolated yourself from the working world is a massive red flag for employers. Yeah. What you could have done is what I said earlier: of maybe earn a little less money and don't completely quit and start working like four days a week instead yeah. of seven and give well, yourself Lucas, some time off. They've, they've got a response to that. When someone says, if you took a, a one and a half years off in your late 20s and did nothing but go out and hang out with your friends, uh, their response is, employers don't and won't know how long I took off, nor should that be relevant in the hiring process. As far as they're concerned, I took a gap year to study nutrition. Plus, I had money at the time, so why do they care? And they're because asking you... If you're, <laughs> you're framing it in a sense that... If I go into a job, I will have that job for the rest of my life and I will be set up. Set, employers aren't going to give you a job that you could have for, quote, the rest of your life if you're going to fuck off for eight, after eight years and just and, give yourself an 18-month gap year. And here's the beautiful thing about this, because remember, because this is all the stuff that you revealed in the comments. Mm -hmm. So the initial reading of it is they're talking about, I sent out hundreds of applications and my resume was really good. Mm. But then when you get into the comments where it's they're breaking down like their statements, uh, they 
uh, it turns out, no, they weren't because I don't imagine their resume was that good or they interviewed all that well when their response to the one and a half year gap on their resume, which is a red flag for employers. Yeah. And they do, they might not necessarily need to know about it, but they will ask you about it. And if their response to that is, why the fuck are you asking? Why does it matter? Mm -hmm. Why do you care? That's not going to bode well. No. Not at all. And it's just... It shows that they're ignorant of the hiring process. And in fact, indignant that anyone would ask them to justify themselves. Which to me doesn't sound like the kind of person you'd want to work for you. No, not at all. And it's just that weird thing of like, well, why would an employer want to know what I've been doing? Is that the first thing they'll fucking ask you is like, what are you doing at the moment? Like, where are you employed? Yeah. Is that, oh, I couldn't handle having a lot of money and a lot of... um, potential free time so i just fucked off for a year and a half and then they have another breakdown here which is quite incredible of uh, someone's like uh, the way you post this is like being mad at youtube for not being able to get into the film industry when your channel only like your channel had fifty thousand subscribers like my channel was quite a bit larger than that but yeah, i get your point although i'm not looking to get into the film industry I will say, though, someone who manages to get 100,000 subs on YouTube with their film skills would likely be a better candidate than someone who just graduated from school and has no experience, right? It's like, way to throw people who better themselves through education under the bus, asshole. Yeah, that it very much depends like what level of education you're talking about there. But, again, this like really reads poorly for the person when they're like trying to defend this of them just saying like uh, oh someone who's earned because they're essentially in that position uh, in that um, uh, comment there trying to defend why they should have been offered a job above another candidate and their response is well I'm hot shit on Twitch why didn't they give me a job why are they not why would they give it to someone who's like you know studied in the air because I think people were telling them other comments are like well why didn't you use that year and a half to go to school more why didn't you go and if you're so good at editing and stuff, just go in and do a get accreditation accreditation in video editing, so you have like a proper piece of paper you can put your name on that says mm-hmm. that like officially you're able to do it. It's one thing to say that you can do something; it's another thing to have an actual qualification. It, which by the sounds of it, you'd be a shoe in for and could and evidently have the money to um, pay for. Yeah, and and their response to it is, "Why should I have to do that? I know how to edit." And it's like, well, no one's going to fucking hire you with that attitude, are they? No. And that that was such a journey for me. I'm glad you came on it with me as well, Lucas. <laughs> but any thoughts on that? Because just that was one of those just you know, those internet adventures you go on where it's just a roller coaster. Yeah, like that definitely did. As you you know, I I said you had a similar journey to me. Like starts out going, yeah, I can see that point. Like you know, for a lot of people, that it is a career where you burn out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be hard for for those skills to be taken seriously if you frame them in the wrong way. But then it's oh no, I had everything on a fucking platter for me. I had every opportunity to alleviate my problems, and I just chose to not and quit. It's like oh you. You add me in the first half, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's, it's that, isn't it? And then even when they're trying to like talk their woe-is-me lifestyle, like, the past few months of unemployment were rough. I still got to experience things, though, such as uh, making friends, dating a bunch of women, and doing odd jobs for cash. Right. 
So even when they're talking about being unemployed, because in their head, being unemployed means they've not got like a cushy job again. But it's like, oh, doing odd jobs like carrying piles of bricks. It's like, so you would do like they don't, which means in their head, they don't consider manual labor to be a proper job. No. And fuck them. Manual labor is absolutely a job. It's a fucking job (laughs) and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just, it screams to me that this person just didn't know what to do with the position they were in and also took no steps to try and like get other people to help them. Yeah. It's, because that's what made this going through this thread so fascinating. It's because throughout it, people are breaking down the opportunities. Like their the fallacies in their statement are like, "Oh, I had no Twitch did not offer me any benefits." Like it clearly did. You were earning like four. Like we've got, I still got the number from like four times what the average person would working the exact amount of hours you did. Mm-hmm. That has value. That is a benefit. That is a benefit people would give their left arm for. You were in such an advantageous. Yes, we empathize with the struggle and the mental burnout that you had, but to sit there and say you got nothing out of this is categorically false. You absolutely 100% did. And their response is, but now. It also screams that they're difficult to work with, with the fact that they had, like, went through multiple, like, agencies, managers, and editors and complained about the price editors were asking for multiple times. Yeah. And just the way they seem to view the value of other people's labor compared to their own mm. um, speaks to a, uh, a, if not toxic, then very misinformed mindset. Yeah, like, that stuff. Like when I got to that stuff about them breaking down, like, oh, I had editors, but they like they were getting annoyed that oh, I got annoyed with them for asking for more money, and it's like you were earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You were getting paid twenty. Like bear your own omission, you were getting paid twenty grand. For some things, and like your editors are asking for a fair wage. In the same vein, you're complaining about people not respecting the value you think you have mm-hmm. or can contribute to their companies <laughs> and or brands. And they were adding by your like by your admission, actual tangible value you could see to your brand, and mm-hmm. you weren't compensating them fairly for it. Yeah, and that's what that's what I mean earlier of like. The only people that are going to be generally the only people asking for more money for their work and their time are people that aren't getting paid fairly. If you were paying them fairly in the first place, most people would be happy with the the job that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and like yeah. that's just a you having a different perception of their value than they do. Yeah, and it's really frustrating as well because I can see that. Uh, oh, sorry, it's really frustrating to see as well because um, uh, I. The irony is they're sat there saying, oh, these big companies don't know what Twitch is, so they've got no idea of the value that I could bring or what my skills represent. Mm-hmm. While sat there saying, well, I don't know why video editors are asking for so much money. Yeah. It's like it's the, the exact same attitude that they're displaying is the reason that they can't get a job. And they're trying to bite, put it on other people and say it's everyone else's fault but theirs. Right? Mm-hmm. A complete lack of um, uh, any self-awareness and a, re- a staunch refusal to accept um, uh, their own play or their own um, uh, role in what's happened. Yeah, and I don't know uh, how to smoothly transition. From okay, what you've brought to the table to what I've brought to the table. Ooh, exciting! Sorry uh, about that. We did go a bit off topic with that, but like I thought. No, it's fine. You- it's fine. 
me and you both being content creators and just the journey that takes you on. And just like, I'm hoping there's people at home with that. There's some, at least some interesting discussion gone on there, some stuff to think about. Because I would love to get some feedback on the thing that's about like, um, like what you'd be able, to, what people would be think they'd be able to do with like the position that person was in and what they think about the idea that I got no benefits from any of that. Yeah, and like that's the thing is like, feel free to to reach out to me on Twitter about it. And I guess you said the same, didn't you? So like, yeah, well, Carl Smallwood on Twitter and at Canto Legend underscore on Twitter. Go maybe ahead. like the QA um, thing, like Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com with some feedback on that. I'd like, yeah, because yeah. I'd be legit curious would people trade like eight years of what would people trade like um, uh, a year? I should say, it's not the eight years, it's the, it's the year and a half the person had to take off. Mm-hmm. Would you trade a year and a half of being completely burned out from doing anything, even though by the person's admission they were spending that year and a half um, dating and hanging out with friends? Mm hmm. Uh, would you trade that for the um, uh, the amount of money that person earned and the amount of basically like just the insulation from the troubles and struggles of real life they were able to enjoy <laughs> during like you know the best years of your life realistically? Mm-hmm. Anyway, what what you brought to the table, Montreal? Well, I also kind of brought to the table a tale of somebody burning out from okay. making money on online. Um. So, Carl, yes, I don't know if you you saw this going around, but um, this story is about the ninety day fiance star that retired <laughs> from selling farts after a heart attack scare. This is a fucking great story. <laughs> yes, I did it, and I am right now speaking of um, a, a fart that might kill you an heart attack. I'm gonna. Quickly use the bathroom and get a, a glass of water while okay. I collate my thoughts on this. And we'll, I'll be back in just one minute. Yeah, no worries. So I am now ready, Lucas, to talk about farting into jars. <laughs> Let's go. So set the scene for people who maybe are uh, familiar with this story. Uh, yeah, sure. So this is a reality TV star. Uh, she was on 90 Day Fiance, which I'm not actually sure what that show is, but yeah. Um, it's a person called Stephanie Matto, mm-hmm. age 31. And she was, like, after presumably rising to fame on 90 Day Fiance, she decided to start selling her farts online. So she's going in and the trend then, or following the uh, the trend set out by, uh, is it Bella Delphine? Bella Delphine, I think it is. Uh, that, yeah, that sounds right, yeah. The, the streamer who sold bathwater, is it? Mm-hmm. And yes. Who, uh, yeah. Fun fact, my sister's a big fan of. Oh, right. My sister's a huge fan of her because she's got a mug with her on. I remember I once went home and I was like, I just saw this mug with like, I I want to say like the generic streamer girl on the front of it, but I guess it's the generic streamer girl look because she's so famous. Hmm. I remember just tweeting out a picture of like, why does my sister have this mug? And a bunch of people like tagged that girl in it. I'm like, oh no, I didn't want to try and do that. I'm sorry. I was generally confused. (laughs) I don't follow much internet culture. Um, but yeah, this this person, um, Stephanie, she had started her own YouTube channel and mm-hmm. was also on um, a X-rated subscription site as well. Uh, which one? Um, so know? she was doing that kind of. I don't said she's on unfiltered, which I've not heard of, but doing oh, okay. that kind of only fa- only fans kind of game. Um, I presume. I was just wondering, um, is it because you didn't know which one, or is it because it's like one that we don't want to recommend? So, so if it's OnlyFans, I think OnlyFans and stuff at this point, you can mention those on a podcast. Yeah, like I've never heard of this this website that they've mentioned, but yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, she just started selling her farts in jars online and started Legend. making $50,000 a week until she had to stop Carl. Like, fucking legend. Um, and basically, she got rushed to hospital with chest pains that she thought were symptoms of a heart attack. And then it was um, a bunch of pain that was caused by a steady diet of gas-inducing foods, including lots of beans, eggs, and protein powders. Yeah, I can see it. I've, like When I was bulking at the gym, uh, there's times where I would like fart so much I'd feel like I was... Um, uh... I needed to be rushed to hospital, I'll be honest. Yeah. There are those times where you sat on the toilet when you've had like a particularly heavy protein day the day before, (laughs) and it's just like, tell my wife I love her, this is it. So I fully (laughs) empathize with this woman's position here. That's the thing. I saw her getting mocked for this. I saw the responses of people mocking them. It's like, we'd all do it. Do you know that? It's like, it's the. It's a fucking hustle. Apparently, she earned $200,000. It's the equivalent of modern art where people are like, well, that's a piece of. Anyone could do that. It's like, yeah, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And if you offered people the chance to do it, most people would say yes. But when they hear about someone else doing it, I can only think it's jealousy. Yeah. yeah. Where they're like, lash out at them. It's the same stuff with like with OnlyFans. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just they're just selling pictures of themselves naked. Why, it's like, why is that a job? It's like, okay, you do it then. Well, yeah. I don't want to. It's like, well, no, you say it's so easy. Why don't you take pictures of yourself naked and make $100,000? Would you not want $100,000? Well, yeah, but it's like, what do you mean, but? Is it because you don't mm-hmm. have the confidence? Is it because you don't have the confidence in your body that people would want to pay to see it? Is that in of itself not something that is marketable? Also, yeah, exactly. fuck you. It's like, apparently uh, it says that she got both praise and backlash, but including death threats for doing this. And it's like, people were so triggered that she had a good idea and realised that people would pay for this literal shit. And it's like... Not even shit. They're just, 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 they're just mad that they can't fart into a jar and earn 200 grand. That's the one, yeah. It's like, all it is is jealousy. It's people who are yeah. annoyed that a so a woman is earning money. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I'm going to go to I'm pretty sure it was um, streamer girl bathwater. This is going to be annoying to search gamer for. Gamer girl bathwater. Gamer girl bathwater. Okay, I have to mm. search. I, and I want to get the details. So gamer girl bathwater. Let's have a look. Uh, uh, yeah, Bella uh, or Belle Delphine. So it might be Bella Delphine or Belle Delphine. Uh, mm-hmm. It was thirty dollars for Game of Girl Bathwater. So I want to get the details on it here. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So Delphine nineteen, um, social media star with an enormous global following, was mocked for the sale, but it sold out quickly. So Belle Delphine, social media star and the so-called Gamer Girl, made headlines for selling her used bathwater online. Um, she announced that she'd be selling um, $30 bottles of bathwater for all you thirsty gamer boys in an Instagram post that garnered more than half a million likes. Although widely mocked, the bottles of water sold out immediately. Yep. Now, I'm not sure how many bottles that she sold. Um, but I'm guessing I've she earned um, quite a bit. And we have some details about her here. Because that's the thing, I, I don't follow this person, but I respect the hustle, like you said. Yeah, and the only thing I ever um, heard about her was like that I heard two stories about it and it was like the Gamer Girl bathwater thing and then that she was like making Pornhub videos like Yes. Oh, um, with, you know, like stupid titles like yes, they have one here. for clicks and then they were like, oh, um, you know, like things like, oh, I was stroking cocks and it's like her just with a chicken or something like that. Yeah, and people got really mad at her for doing that even though there is a man on Pornhub, who does the exact same thing, and he got invited to the fucking Porn Awards. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. There's a guy on Pornhub, is Ryan Creamer. 
and he does stuff like um, uh, oh, uh, drunken stepsister gets absolutely put to bed with a glass of water and stuff like that <laughs> and he's got really famous doing that and he's like um, uh, a pretty big personality on uh, Pornhub and in like the adult entertainment industry and he's made friends with all the porn stars and stuff like that Fair play. And people like, and like him doing that, but when this girl does it, she gets uh, mocked and criticised and sent like threats. And I can't think of what the difference is between these two people, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And just... It's one of those of like... You know, I, I totally understand reading this and being mad that I... Oh, I wish I had the idea of like making those videos on Pornhub and getting a bunch of views or whatever, or selling my gamer girl bath water or mm-hmm. whatever i can understand reading something and going i wish i'd thought of this like you know money making scheme before they did but you've just got to respect the hustle yeah you really a, do it says here that she charges twenty five hundred dollars a month for access to her exclusive lewd snapchat and boasts over four thousand followers on patreon this might be out of date now she might have more or less depending on um, when this was done, but mm-hmm. they they note that the actual money she probably earned from selling this bathwater was low. Like she yeah. earns more money than this just sat on her ass. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it just shows like she is. Do you know, like the guy? Like it's a perfect um, follow up from um, the guy we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Of like she's been handed. Oh, she obviously admittedly a much bigger platform than he has, but she is milking it for all it's worth. And she's probably she's probably going to not be doing this in like ten years, mm-hmm. but she'll have enough money to retire on because she's taken advantage of it. And she sees that there is value and and advantages from the success that she has achieved. Yeah, she's not sitting there getting mad that OnlyFans aren't giving her health insurance. No, she's probably going to buy her own health insurance or a hospital. <laughs> And it's the same with this lady who was selling just farts. the gamer girl wing. And do you think she's going to complain after the fact? It's like, oh, no, no, and she's in fact even um, donating some of the money that she made to like charities that support gastric disorders. Of course, that's so good. That's so, that's so on brand. That's perfect yeah. for mm-hmm. gastroenteritis and shit like that. Oh, that's really good. I like as well, um, is that even though I got backlash, I think it has opened a new door for me. I'm working on digital fart jar artwork at the moment. Of course she's into NFTs. It's that, like the hustler yeah. lifestyle never ends. Uh, and you know what? Fair play. Yeah, I have nothing but respect for people who um, manipulate weird men into giving them their money. So that's the thing. I have probably got... Uh, all right, I have... We started this podcast talking about the weird men who follow me. Mm-hmm. Right, and are obsessed with me. I wish I had a way to monetize how much they were annoyed with me. <laughs> I really do. Just, um, you know, you've got a cameo, right? I do want a cameo, yes. Just, is there a way to set up like a system of like a reverse cameo? They get to pay to send you a video to tell you to fuck off? I believe that you can set up uh, like one-on-one chats and stuff, but I've not activated mm. that option because it just feels really weird. But if someone out there really doesn't like me, presumably the guy who follows me on Twitter, who I imagine listens to all my content to get mad about it, uh, all, <laughs> all the people on Reddit who do the same thing, um, if just send us an email if you want to yell at me. Because it's the whole thing of like, I'm not going to sit here and let people yell at me for free. 
Mm-hmm. Do I block them on Twitter? But if you want to pay money to call me a cunt, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll sit there and I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and you can say everything you want to say. So it's like in the world money. that we live in, I'm pretty sure that we can figure out a way to monetize you getting yelled at by weirdos. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, speaking of uh, monetizing um, something. Uh, let's like flip. Uh, let's change course for a second. Talk about monetizing something you probably shouldn't monetize. Did you see that uh, Pokemon got banned off Twitter? Oh yeah, <laughs> off Twitch. Do you mean off Twitch? Sorry, off Twitch. Oh, sorry, I get them confused. Yes. Mad. <laughs> and it will probably be like a temporary two-day ban. It's a two-day ban. Yeah, that means that she comes back with more viewers than ever. But did you see what it was she was doing? Uh, this was incredible. She literally just sitting there watching Avatar The Last Airbender. She was streaming, live, live streaming Avatar The Last Airbender. And this is apparently something a lot of people have been doing on Twitch that she was just getting on board with that she's got caught for. Like Other people yeah. have been doing it, but she's the one who's been caught. I uh, presume like a lot of maybe smaller creators than her have been doing it, and then she's the one big enough to get noticed by it. Potentially, there's other stories. Potentially, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how big a trend this is on Twitch at the moment. I was just watching breakdowns. Like, apparently, people are watching like Gordon Ramsay on there a lot. Like, people are live yeah. streaming themselves watching like episodes of Gordon Ramsay and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. it's one of those stories where I heard about it and went, well, "How bad could it have been?" And then you see the screenshot of her stream, and it's like it's basically just the episode of the show. And then it's her in the top corner taking up, I want to say, about 5% of the screen's real estate in, like, underneath a quilt. And that's it. And it's like, yeah, no fucking shit you're going to get in trouble for doing this. Uh, I wonder if I can find a quick screenshot myself so I can understand. Like, Yeah, like, it is just... you. She may as well have just been live streaming it to the internet because uh, it's while you're looking for that, it's worth pointing out that uh, oh, I've because I think I've done a few commentary tracks in the past. And I'm currently on another podcast, um, Go Go Podzilla, um, uh, with Whiskey Studios and Rami Ishmael from the internet that people may um, uh, a name people may recognise. Where we talk mm-hmm. over Godzilla movies. We don't live stream ourselves doing this though, because if we live streamed ourselves watching a copyrighted movie, that's a bad idea. But you can um, live stream, well, not live stream, but you can like put out there a commentary track that people can then sync up with the media they're watching. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Because that, and then if that person wants to obtain um, that content in a way that's less than legal, that's on them. But that washes our hands of it. So it's essentially like you're recording a commentary track for them to watch, like to play while they watch the movie themselves. Or if they just want to listen to it as a podcast, they can do that too. Of Um, course, yeah, yeah. um, But the pertinent piece of information there is that we are not um, in any way showing the content. Um, on a platform like um, we are consuming the content personally um, and, and on our own and then putting and putting the result out there for to do of people to yeah there's like an extra step involved isn't it it's not just you are on twitch watching that movie and then earning money directly from it yeah and some people do do that but uh, I think like Edgar Wright's done it once or twice and um, what they'll normally do in that case is they will have the movie um, as the small thing in the corner and their face and reactions as the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's even there at all, because normally it'll just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to start it now. What have you? But have you found the picture that you can just see? It's like, oh yeah, you're just live streaming the show on Twitch. No, I've not managed to find one. Ah, okay. Well, for, I'll see if I can get one if you just want to like, riff on um, uh, 
Yeah. Like and your thoughts on this? <clears throat> it's one of those of like, I understand when people try to do things like this, that it's like, yeah, there's obviously weird legal copyright issues and stuff and how much of the, the content needs to be new to make money off it legally and stuff. But Or be considered transformative, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, if you're literally just sitting there and earning money off somebody else's content without putting almost anything into it, it's like, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's essentially the same as when people just rip entire movies and put them on YouTube for free. Yeah, and here's the thing. like, If you want to, like, I'm sure there are plenty of content creators that disagree with that. I wonder how they'd feel if I took their content and re-uploaded it to Fact Fiend with my mm-hmm. face in the corner. Yeah. They'd probably complain and or file a copyright um, claim against us. And it's why you find that most of the time, um, a lot of like, you know, the bigger and more well done reaction cl- like videos on YouTube and stuff, they use short clips and keep them as the focus. Because they know that you'll get in trouble if you don't mm-hmm. do that. And it's um, you can argue either way for whether or not that is um, within the Whether it's of, right or wrong, but right you wrong. can certainly say that you're being stupid for not putting yourself as like the focus of the stream yes uh, but oh i think i have the article i was referring to here let me scroll through it oh god damn it can do when you click it and it just adds pop up oh yeah you try to do that oh here we go i have the picture here uh so the best way as well it's under the just chatting category so I'll send it yeah to that's ju- how they have to do it because there is a discord or... for watching i wonder why yeah there's no like I'm doing an avatar watch party. It's like that. Wait, illegal. I just saved that photo. What the hell? Cannot save. No internet connection. Fuck off. 5G. <laughs> We're literally having a call online. Yeah, and it's like you can't save the photo. It's like, I fucking can. There we go. So I'm sending you on Discord right now. Okay, cool. So just have a um, look. Yeah, so I would say that it's her taking up maybe, I should say like 5% of the screen or something. And then five ten percent of the screen is her, like just chilling in on, on her um, gamer chair, mm-hmm. and most of it is just no. I'm just sitting here with twenty eight and a half thousand viewers watching Avatar. Yeah, and uh, again, you can argue about how, whether or not this is legal or whether you think it should be allowed. But the the real fun stuff is that this is illegal and it is super fucking dangerous to do. Yeah, so are you familiar at all with like how? Um, uh, claims like this get dealt with in court? No. Okay, so um, you maybe, like, off the top of your head, recall those stories from during the early days of music streaming and, and music um, downloading, like Pirate mm-hmm. Bay and stuff, that you'd have those stories of people being charged hundreds of thousands of dollars in court for sharing one song. Oh, wow. Now, do you recall those stories? Uh. I mean, vaguely, but yeah, okay. I don't remember the details or anything. You don't need to recall the details, but the reason why, because they often, they were often held up as an example of like, oh, look how ridiculous these laws are. And the important thing is that those laws haven't changed. It's just that the music industry has kind of backed off from doing that and leaned mm-hmm. into it slightly with stuff like streaming. But the reason those fines are so extortionate is because technically every single individual download counts as a separate like separate count of copyright violation. And this is something mm-hmm. you can see on Twitch because the reason Twitch streamers 
deleted all their archives a couple of like, months ago now is because um, the music industry were planning on like DMCAing um, streamers uh, yeah. for copyrighted music, and every single instance of the copyrighted music in their archives counted as a separate copyright infringement, which would count as a separate strike on their channel. So say, for example, there's a clip of you listening to a copyrighted song and that gets a copyright strike. If someone made a clip of that clip or people put that in a compilation or they add it out, like each, in, even though it's the same instance, it counts as a separate copyright infringement and therefore can be tried as a different, you, you can get a different strike in it for Twitch. So you could realistically um, lose your channel for a single infringement if multiple people make copies of it. Right, yeah. And it's somewhat similar with this because every single person watching um, her stream technically counts as a different form of copyright infringement. So like 28,000 different individual counts of it, essentially. Yeah. And the problem with like the, uh, the music examples I mentioned back in the day is it was always very difficult to prove how many people actually downloaded the music and how many instances of copyright infringement the the company can prove because mm -hmm. downloading shit on LimeWire and the Pirate Bay is anonymous. Yeah, that's really hard to, to drudge up on somebody, but when it's literally streamed on the front page of Twitch, with it's a bit easier to find. With her face on it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. And this is why this is going to be really interesting and I want to talk about it because theoretically... The TV, the, the, the people who own the rights to this have a slam dunk case. And mm -hmm. on paper, it is slam dunks. The reason those stories from the past normally never went anywhere is because it's very difficult to prove. They have literal HD video evidence of her engaging in cop willing copyright infringement with yeah. her name and face on it. Whilst she is also getting donations and money, she is literally earning money every time she infringes on the copyright. I think that's where it becomes like way more iffy isn't it because yeah. like if you were just non-profit watching something online with other people it's hard to argue whether that's like truly copyright infringement or yeah. not and also the because argument like, of are you using this person are you using someone else's mo um, copyrighted content to earn money so that's mm. the thing me and you have to deal with a lot isn't it like when we're streaming video games and the argument is well, it's transformative and people are coming for my commentary and my gameplay which is transformative in its way because all gameplay is different mm -hmm. same thing with like the youtube channel when we use clips for the purpose of commentary that can be actually fair use like it is very difficult in this case to argue that it's transformative and that that, and she, and that she is not using someone else's content um for promotional purposes because the people are watching it for avatar and if she tried to argue in court that will know it's the people that come into for my audience i'm the primary draw for people if you can hold up a screenshot of like, so why is your face twenty five percent of the screen? Mm -hmm. Why is like the our cop why is our content the majority of the screen? And why is it all the advertisement? Why is the I think the clip that you uh, the picture that you sent was like the title was yeah first time watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're very very much advertising Avatar, not yourself. Yeah, and this to me. Is one of those things where it is fascinating because the amount of Twitch streamers who've come out to defend her doing this is very large because obviously they want to they want to also get in on that hustle of making money watching TV. Mm -hmm. And 
like uh, legal experts who probably like know more about this than me because my knowledge of it is based on the research I've done um, during my writing career. But they've broken down like she could be on the hook for fucking millions. And oh, really? the TV companies, as like most copyright holders are, have been chomping at the bit for years for like, you know, a slam dunk case such as this one where they can take it to court and set precedent. Mm. Because that's one of the things we've talked about with YouTube and stuff where like, why haven't companies ever like really tried to crack down on YouTube? Because they're afraid to lose. <laughs> they're afraid to lose and set that precedent. But in this case, you have someone very obviously very willing to put their face on infringing on copyright with all the numbers right there for the entire world to see. Mm-hmm. And like you can literally as well on that stream or, you know, presume that the VOD has been deleted, but I'm sure somebody could, you know, have already downloaded clips and stuff of it. Absolutely. There's evidence there that she is actively making money out of it. And is willfully engaging in copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, one of the things I love about Twitch streamers, like, you know, it goes full circle with the first story we talked about, them just believing their own hype of that I'm going to get away with this. And don't get me wrong, like, uh, this is one person getting called out for it, mm-hmm. and this is probably them being used as, you know, the example. And yes. plenty of plenty of other people have done it, and she's just going along with the trend. So I don't think it's, like fair to just be sitting there and saying that it's on one person it's on oh, plenty no. of people no it's p- plenty of people have been doing it but this is like um uh, the potential straw yes that breaks the proverbial camel's back in this um uh, dead shark of a metaphor that's jumping over a horse <laughs> that's someone's playing with a xylophone on it you can tell i've not had much coffee today can't you but yeah i just thought this is going to be interesting because if this does get broken down like i'd be very curious to see um how much she could be on the hook for because like mm-hmm. tentative breakdowns I've seen like tens of millions of dollars because it's not just that she watched like a clip like you can see from the thing there that's the 11th episode of the show I was gonna say I think the thing that I heard people talking about said she watched like 20 hours of it or something in the yeah. end so she ended up watching like 40 60 like that's probably like 40 to 60 episodes mm-hmm. so 40 to 60 episodes to an average of 28,000 people And yeah. each individual thing counts as a separate thing of copyright infringement. Mm. That's a lot of money. And I bet a lot of Twitch streamers are going to be quaking in their boots now. Well, that's why they're all like jumping to defend her. Because obviously they realise that, like, fuck, if she gets corporate, we get strategy. It's like, they've got to close ranks and do this. But yeah, the tentative breakdowns I've seen is like, if you just go on like, um, you go by precedent of what people have been done for in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and you go just like break it down the averages, like tens of millions of dollars. And that's the thing as well, like, one of the other reasons those old stories of people back in the day of why the music industry stopped trying to go after people for tens of millions of dollars for sharing one song on the Pirate Bay is because the average person doesn't have tens of millions of dollars, Lucas. Do you know who mm-hmm. does have tens of millions of dollars? Twitch streamers. People that are that big on Twitch, or at least they might have... Um... They have millions in assets. And do you know what else they, they have? They might have oh yeah, and assets here, and stuff. And here's the real thing. Um, because in cases like this, when you have to pay out to somebody, the court has the ability to garnish your wages to make sure it's paid. And this is why I'd be really curious to know if whether or not these copyright holders are going to go after this. Because like, if they could get this to court, they could prove their case, which they'd be very easy to do um, as the law stands right now. 
they could potentially get all of her earnings for like the next 10 years or something like that. Christ. And I would be very, very surprised if there is not a lawyer, and I think it's Viacom who own the rights to this, if they're not in their ear saying, you could take this person to the cleaners. Like she's worth this much money. She has this much, like she's worth this amount. And mm-hmm. she has all these brands worth this much. And here's like a lit- here's literally 20 hours of HD footage of her willfully engaging in copyright infringement while talking about it and thanking people for giving her money, showing that she is earning money from your thing. Mm-hmm. And that might very well be the thing that breaks Twitch. That could kill Twitch. It could do, but in the same breath, it could be that nothing comes nothing of it. Nothing comes so. of it either. Yeah, that's, all. that's also likely to happen. But the much more interesting thing to think about is, what about if a company just decides, you know what, fuck this. One day, I guarantee that something is going to happen like that. Something like that will happen. and this One company it. is going to get really pissy with Twitch and absolutely come the fuck down on them. Yeah, because as I said, it's the thing that's been happening for a while with people just like streaming TV shows, but most of them are a bit smarter about it and they'll either have like, maybe they'll have like the monitor in front of them so you can like kind of hear the audio but you can't see it. Mm. Or they'll tell their audience like this is the episode you're watching and they'll do things like they'll show the first five seconds and then switch to their own face. Right, yeah. And do that and say like, you know, for everyone doing the watch along or they'll use like watch party stuff on um, uh, Netflix or I think it's, um, I think it's a service called Rabbit that lets you do that or you can do like watch alongs on Prime because obviously Prime is linked with Twitch. Right, yeah. And that's something that's like, you know, natively integrated with the service. So there are plenty that's of ways fair, yeah. to do it without doing this. But it takes a special kind of idiot to go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to fucking live stream my Netflix directly to <laughs> the internet. Yeah. Something like, I don't know how she's managed to do that as well, because... Uh, Lucas, this is something you can speak to when you set up streams and stuff like that. What does your PlayStation do when you try and stream? Uh, if I am using an Elgato, it won't let me um, display it until I enable the HDCP, which means that all of the media apps aren't allowed to be used. Yes, um, and I'm not sure exactly how that works, but ba- from my understanding of it is... Um, there is a mode that allows your PlayStation to go into like, there's a setting that puts it into streaming mode. And when it's in streaming mode, you can't, for example, click on any apps that play copyright material. So you can't play Netflix, you can't go on Disney Plus, you can't go on Prime, you can't go on Crunchyroll. I don't think you can even use like Spotify. Um, and that is to prevent people from plugging their computer in and then like live streaming those apps. And mm. stuff like Xbox has that option in it. It's just that it's turned on, it's something that happens automatically. Yeah, it's on all of the consoles, but the ones on Switch and Xbox will do it automatically, and PlayStation will have to do it man- yeah. manually. PlayStation makes you do it manually so that to reduce the amount of false positives that you sometimes get with Xbox. Because, mm-hmm. like, Xbox is supposed to be, it has, like, streaming in it natively for, like, multiple TVs and stuff like that. But, yeah, I don't even know how they got around doing that because I'm not I'm, sure I mean, how they could even live stream pres- Netflix to Twitch. Presume you can just um, capture your screen. Potentially, but even that sometimes, like um, uh, the software inside streaming. You know uh, what, Carl? Do it. Like, let me test this out. Oh yeah, do you know what? Try and just turn on Netflix something and stream it. To I'm going to try turn Netflix on on my PC right now and see if I can get it on OBS. See if you can get it on OBS. See if that works. That's Let's the thing. See. Like, that's the thing. That's how scared of doing this. 
like the services that uh, what's the word now not help the services that allow twitch to exist like mm-hmm. OBS and even the like the Xbox itself and Elgato and all that stuff, they don't let you do this because they're that scared. Because the reason that system is in place on PlayStation is because technically Sony would be on the hook if they facilitated copyright infringement. Yeah, like, and uh, I can confirm it does just work. I can just go on window capture and capture Chrome and okay. just watch Netflix. Fair enough. Uh, I wonder if you could do that with the app, though. Maybe you wouldn't be able to do it with the app, but uh, yeah, the reason Yeah, I, that... think, I think the app would be a bit different, probably. Like, even Sony. Like, it, the odds of a company suing Sony are very slim. Because mm. Sony has a lot of money and a lot of, like, um, uh, influence. But the fact that Sony is still so scared of it, they will, nat- they will not allow their proprietary software to natively display stuff like Netflix, when you have an Elgato plugged into it. Yeah. Says it all. And then a Twitch stream was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it, and then I'm going to put my face on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons I, want, I kind of... I don't want, like, Pokebane. I have no ill feelings towards I don't want them to get, like, sued into oblivion. But I would like to see the court transcripts of their lawyer trying to argue that it wasn't copyright infringement and then just have them with just the big display in the background. Yeah, that would be uh, tough to have to fight, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be an amazing court case, though. Yeah, like, I don't think they would uh, have a leg to stand on at all. And that's the thing is, you know, it's one of those of... I'm sure she probably feels quite targeted and slighted at the moment because there's plenty of people doing it on Twitch, as you said. That's not the excuse. That's not an excuse. But, that that doesn't excuse you from breaking the law. No, exactly. But like that's what I was going to say is that I would personally, even if I see other people doing it, I would be terrified to just blatantly infringe on copyright on my stream. Well, the reason why we don't even like where we both adopted weight, like. Uh completely stopped playing music on our channels. We just went to like background video game music and stuff, stuff that we hope and think is safe to play without doing it. Because that's the thing, even still when we talked about that Richard EB guy, he's mm. just a YouTube content creator himself and he sends people copyright strikes for using mm-hmm. his content. And he's just on YouTube. Yeah, I can't like, imagine the shit you'd get from like proper big music companies and bands and stuff if you started using like if I just, for example, started playing Foo Fighters on my stream in the background, like I can't imagine how quickly I'd be fucked over for that. And that's the thing as well. Like that's um, you doing that just like, in the background. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's stories about uh, out there of like people doing it accidentally, like walking past. The story I remember is that a guy walked past a cafe while he was live streaming and got his stream shut down because the cafe happened to be playing music. Oh right, yeah. And there's all sorts of cases, and that's like people accidentally um, uh, like incurring the wrath of copyright holders. And generally, like you don't, the only thing you'll get from that is like a, a strike that you could probably contest and get away with, and the, end up on a slap on the wrist. But this is like. But imagine the, if I the, just went onto YouTube now and just found an entire live performance by Foo Fighters. And just put my face in the corner and went, let's stream this. And then streamed it on your channel with like um, your name underneath it and then had a big donate button on screen. Mm-hmm. So, like, the only way I'm going to let like um, Pokemon and these other streamers off with this is if the description of their stream is no copyright infringement intended. <laughs> so I love that. Like, you must have seen when you're getting clips for the channel 
when you'll say, oh, I want to get like a clip from the Avengers or something, and they'll find mm. the entire clip uploaded in HD, and it says no mm. copyright infringement intended, and it's got their <laughs> logo on it. Have you ever seen that? Because that's one that always cracks me up. Oh, yeah, I, I deal with this all the time when Cap uh, getting like um, clips for Wiki Weekends and stuff. It's like, oh, here's a 10-minute clip of like Man of Steel with my logo like put right in the corner. Just watermarking somebody else's movie, like, oh yeah, it's fair use, right? Yeah, no copyright infringement intended. As I monetize clips of, <laughs> I monetize just these. How much balls or or how little self awareness does it take to upload like several minutes of somebody else's content, put your watermark on it, and then monetize that video? And say I don't intend to infringe on your copyright. As you are mm. literally profiting from their content <laughs> without permission. Oh dear, it's ballsy. It is very, very ballsy. It's the thing as well, like, I, I'd imagine, like with how successful she is, she probably has an agent or a manager or someone like that. I, I, something along that lines, maybe. Yeah, I, I'd imagine she has a media person to deal with, like. Um, uh, uh, appearance requests and interview requests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She could probably get in contact with the companies who produce this content and ask them to sponsor it. Yeah, maybe. That's the weird thing about it. Where like, you could try. You could, yeah, yeah. So it's, like it's something we mentioned earlier of like an ordinary person on the street would in would never be able to get through to anyone in any position of authority that could even get close to making this decision. But I'm sure if a a media company gets an email going like Pokemon wants to promote your content, you'd at least give it a look. That's the thing as well. It's like, it's more like she probably, if she does have a media manager, I don't want to say she, she almost certainly does, they would know who to email. Like, I would not even know who that email would go to or whether or not that person even has a public facing account that you can contact. I'm sure it would, when it comes to something like Avatar, it would just be like a PR company. Mm-hmm. But who is it? Who owns it? And like, who's the person who could actually make or sign off on that decision? Do mm-hmm. like, no one even knows that is what like the media manager because it's their job to do shit like that. They could probably like you know put some feelers out and ask that. And that's something I'll probably get brought up in a court case of like, well, did the defendant um, ever think to ask somebody? Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of like, uh, do you have written permission from the the rights holders to do this? Do you even know? And the, the answer would likely are? be no. But neither did the other people on Twitch. It's like, oh, we can go after them too. If you yeah. Want. Do you have their names? That's always the thing. It's like um, uh, ignorance is no es- um, excuse for ignoring the law. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, uh, I didn't know I couldn't speed. It's like, but you still okay? But you were still speeding. Yeah, you're still going to get a ticket. Yeah, I didn't know I couldn't do this. And it's just an interesting story that's um, currently developing right now. Like, we'll, in all likelihood, not go anywhere. But if uh, it more does, than likely, none of this stuff normally does with Twitch, but one day, one company is going to take it there. Yeah, and this is just one of those cases where you can see the direct line. Like You can see the potential theoretical future that this um, uh, story could lead to. And it's probably not one that's going to affect me, because I would never think to do something like this. I'd never, at the very least, I wouldn't be this stupid about it. Mm. But man, that'd be a hell of a. I just want to see, I want to read those transcripts. 
I want to read those <laughs> theoretical future transcripts of. Uh, I didn't intend for any, the, any copyright infringement, and also you can't prove that my client willfully engaged in it. And it's just like they just track down like the uh, the tweet of going live watching Avatar right now, and it's like no. Nah. <laughs> oh god that's the thing because twitch streamers announce fucking everything so there's no way like everything it's like do you know that bit in um, austin powers mm. with the penis pump the penis have you ever seen that bit in, you're not seen the bit in austin powers where it's like um he gets def- well, he gets unfrozen and they're giving him back his stuff and it's like, oh yeah, like um, here's your glove, like here's your glasses, like here's your shirt. He goes, one Swedish made penis enlarger. And Austin, oh, Powell, and Austin Powell's like, well, that's not mine. It's like uh, one receipt for a Swedish made penis enlarger. <laughs> <laughs> Signed by Austin Powers. He goes, well, yeah, you know, that's not really my bag. One book authored by Austin Powers titled Swedish made penis enlargers are totally my bag. <laughs> and it's just like every time he tries to defend himself, like a more damning piece of evidence is introduced, and that's how I imagine right, that yeah. court case would go. Of like, well, they, you know, how are they supposed to know that it wasn't copyright? Uh, that it was cop- uh, copyright infringement? It's like, here is the defendant on Twitter being like, "I fucking hate copyright infringement. It can eat my ass." It's like here's the clip of when she went. I know this might be breaking the law, but let's go with it. Anyway, thanks for the donation of five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's like, well, the the uh, at the very least, the claimant wasn't trying to um, uh, didn't earn any money from this. Like, and then it's just like it shows like a clip from the stream of like the gift pointing up of like so and so donates five hundred dollars. <laughs> Never thought I'd see you watching Avatar. Wouldn't have donated otherwise. It's like, oh no. <laughs> and like, this is all us just just you know, right, making it, yeah. stuff. He's having a bit of fun, silly. yeah. Just it, for anyone sitting there going, wow, I can't can't realise like they, they got all this on her. It's like, they didn't. But this is just how They're I imagine it going down. Mm-hmm. And it's in my head, it's just so comedically perfect. Of oh, just like, God. because the sheer volume of evidence that other people have, it's just overwhelming. Like, you can't escape the amount of evidence they have for the, like, the copyright infringements. Like, just that screenshot alone is so fucking damning. <laughs> Yeah, it's got like all you need right there, really. Just, the, it's just sort of like the little thing that says like it's the more you look at it, the worse it gets. It's like first, it's like first time watching Avatar in massive letters and the screenshot of like the the show, and then it's like oh twenty eight uh, twenty eight thousand viewers, and then it's just like live, and then episode eleven of twenty. Mm. Oh dear, it's great, it's amazing, and I'm curious to see where this story goes. But it'll most likely go nowhere. Hmm. More than likely. But you know what? Speaking of Twitch streamers like advertising everything, Lucas, advertise your Twitch streams for folks at home. Hell yeah. Well, you can find me not, hopefully, infringing on copyright uh, over on twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. And you can find me also, hopefully, not um, uh, infringing on people's copyright on twitch.tv um, uh, Carl's Wood. There we go. And then where and else yeah, can they uh, find you? They can find me on YouTube at Legend of Canto. You can find me on some social media stuff at Canto Legend underscore. Hell yeah. And just remember that you can, you know, you can send questions for the QA episodes to call Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate us on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you use if you would like to give us a good rating. Please. And then um, if you need, if anyone out there wants some advice for Twitch streaming, what it is is just go big. 
go just get all the copywriter content and stream it all at once. Do it. Create create the ultimate stream. Like, do you know like those mosaics that they use to make people's faces? Like, it's a mosaic of like all the pictures to make another picture. I want to see someone do that with content. What they make Avatar The Last Airbender to watch along out of like a thousand other tiny shows. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's find a way to make that happen. (laughs) And it's just them watching it and it's just like, just beam directly into their eyes and they're like, that's it. (laughs) It's it's the ultimate in copyright infringement. I own all the copyright. I'm going to infringe on every copyright possible. I'm going to stream every single anime all at once to make the picture of me watching One Piece. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, stream every, like this is the thing. So we need to like, just create the ultimate, the ultimate sh- copyright infringing stream. Oh God! So you need to have like just uh, every anime, like so every streaming service at once needs to have like their <laughs> proprietary shows. You need like Squid Game. You need like Book of Boba Fett. You need uh, like latest episode of My Hero Academia. Get the boys you know, on the go. Yeah, you need all that stuff right on the th- on the background, and then in front of that. You need like HBO Max, like just streaming like old episodes of The Sopranos, mm-hmm. um, all in well, on that. Um, then go onto Spotify and just stream like four people's um, uh, podcasts. <laughs> That's the weird thing, isn't it? I remember for a while on um, YouTube, I remember like um, James Stephanie Sterling was doing it for a while of using so many different copyrighted things that none of them could claim on the video because multiple. Companies could all claim. Yeah, and it just, they can't all claim the one piece of um, things. It's like copy, it creates like a deadlock, I think it was, of content. But yeah, you, you put all that in, and then you just need to stream like uh, something off your Xbox, something off your PlayStation, something <laughs> off your Switch, like directly onto the screen. And then just in the background of that, still, you just need to have like, uh, what is that color you're not allowed to paint with? Vanta Black, is it? Which is oh, like what? that color Vanta Black, which is exclusively licensed by one artist, and if you use it, you get copyright struck. You need to have like you, instead of a green screen, you have that behind you, so you're sat inside like the literal void, um, wearing like every football shirt imaginable, <laughs> like drinking like double fisting Coke and all Pepsi, um, one from each hand. And then the title is just like, I did not intend to infringe on copyright. Yeah. And then just as like the background stream now, you just have like a song by Richard E.B. <laughs> and they'll come and just have that and just say, and then in your description, just put no copyright infringement intended. <laughs> because it's not. It's all the copyright infringement intended. Yeah. So you're technically not lying. Oh, dear. That'd be great. Let's see someone try that. And just, like, just in the copyright so much that no one knows what to do with it anymore. And then it's just every single company on earth teams up at once to sue one man. <laughs> they all form like the ultimate conglomerate just to sue you. Like how to how to get yourself into mega bankruptcy. Nobody's done it before, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, just call the stream speed running bankruptcy. Let's go. Who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna speed run bankruptcy? We're gonna do this. Oh. Oh, you so might as well commit if you're going to do it girl. exactly yeah. if you're going to do it commit and then after you get kicked off of Twitch be like this offered me no benefit I'm not sure why I did this <laughs> no benefit was gained from copyright from infringing everyone at once <laughs> cheers everybody cheers